Hey folks, this is Eddie Trunk from That Metal Show and Sirius XM Radio and lifelong KISS fan. You are listening to the Shout It Out Loud cast with Tom and Zeus. Oh boy. Here we go. Boy. Pressing the button, Starbreaker Simmons, Star, Paul Stanley, Stephanie Dice, stop shouting, he's not what you would call a handsome man, oh no, here come the kiss time, is that a positive thing, okay, alright, gonna grab me a nice cold mellow why, why do that to the fans, stop it, why, cause fuck it, that's all. Six one seven five two five zero eight. You do? Hey, fucko! Do you like this? Settle down. Hello, hey, what's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus, another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast, episode two thirty seven. Brent Fitz, yeah, Fitzy. <laughs> yes uh this has been in the works for quite some time yeah we're so anxious for you guys to hear this fitzy's awesome and uh and he and he doesn't hold anything back no very he loves direct to, he's, he loves to talk about his career and his friends and his experience and stuff so it, 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 we get into it we're all over the place it's just three guys talking music and kissing brent's awesome already i mean you know we're we're lucky enough to kind of had a a good rapport and relationship and friendship with him from some of the events we've been to. And, and uh, this, the interview we had with him was just, it was great. Yeah. Be my friend, Godfather. Be my friend, Fitzy. <laughs> All right. So Tom, I'm back. So this is our first episode. Where we were back in the U S talking. Yep, you kiss. Know, yeah. And you sound nice and full and awake. It's not 1 AM in the middle of a Greek <laughs> village. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it down with uh, with half naked friggin' Slovenian women around. What do you mean half naked, fully <laughs> naked, fat, roly poly, gray Bushy. bush? Bushy. <laughs> Fucking disgusting! Oh, if you guys geez. don't know what we're talking about, go listen to the Dorm Damage episode. Oh. We talked about oh. my little Grecian Odyssey adventure. Pew. And, yeah. But there's one thing, Tom, that I forgot to yeah. mention. I sent you a picture of this, but I forgot to talk about it on the show. And I'm going to talk about it right here. Okay. I will post this picture up. Okay. That is out of nowhere, the place that we rented the car. Yeah. Our rental in this little island in the middle of the Aegean has this. Homoerotic photo painting. Oh my god! In the back, how did we forget to? How did we forget to talk about that? It's got like this guy in a toga, like posing, like a come hither look, and then there's a guy in like a gladiator thing with a whip, like ooh. The guy on the ground looks like who? If Joey Casada commissioned somebody to paint a picture of himself, <laughs> this is the picture right here.
It's Joey Casada in this homoerotic fucking fucking gladiator slave boy fucking painting in the middle of this island in Greece. It looks like Joey. I don't post, know it, what so, post it so we can have some uh, Photoshop fun with it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It, what do you mean? It's just him. You don't need yeah. to. Uh, that's true. That's true. That's true. It's Joey Casada. Yep. And and our good friend who likes to have a little fun at my expense lately, and he'll get something coming to him. Jack Pinocchio. I'm leaving it up to you to do something with this. And I hope it's good. Oh, yeah. He owes you after giving you that shout out loud cast <laughs> speedo picture. I've seen the picture of that guy, big yeah. Egyptian guy with a big <laughs> fucking humongous cross. Yeah. yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> anyway, um, Tom, what we do is we always go backwards before we go forward. So that yep. means we talk about last week's episode. And last week we did an episode on ultimate classic rocks. Worst kiss song from every album. We did yeah. a poll. How'd yeah. that go? So, yeah. So the poll options were, which of these picks do you disagree with the most after listening to the episode? So the options were, uh, got love for sale as the worst song on love gun. Goodbye as the worst song on Paul Stanley solo x-ray eyes as the worst song from dynasty and trial by fire as the worst song from asylum Zeus for the first time in shouted out loud cast history. Wow. We have a legitimate statistical tie in the polls. Wow. So here's a little tidbit for people that don't know this. When you are looking at Twitter or X or whatever the fuck it's called now, when you're <laughs> looking at, when you're looking at it on your mobile device on the mobile app, you're getting rounded numbers okay when you're looking at it on the, uh, a computer laptop or desktop you are getting percentage numbers okay so the numbers are kind of weird sometimes so the the website might say 30.2 the app is going to say 30 so the website breaks it down percentage points so according to the website here got love for sale and goodbye both tied at 30.5 percent Wow. First, and I knew it was a, a legitimate tie because the select the the winner of each poll is in bold lettering, and both of these are in bold, so it's a it's a true statistical tie. Then we got X ray eyes at twenty, and trial by fire at nineteen percent. So and our, close, regardless, all four, all close. Yeah, exactly. Um, our buddy Joe Paparlato, he goes, I'm guessing Gene slept with this guy's girlfriend, and that's why he hates all of his songs. <laughs> Our buddy Brad Baird said this something similar. He goes, Gene really made this guy mad. I love them all, but hey, that's just my opinion. Oh, our buddy Andy says, not a major problem with any of these, but Danger is the best song on Creatures of the Night. Mm, I don't know if it's the number one, but a great choice to be the number one. I love that song. Really? Oh, geez. Okay. Okay. Love it. 
and of course, our good buddy Steve from uh, Part of an Hell. He says, shame on this guy. Gut love for sale. The worst track. Seek help. I'm sad for you. We love <laughs> Steve. We love Steve. Steve's catchphrases with that. We love that. Um, and then let's see what we got for uh, just the, the episode in general. A lot of strong opinions on this, which is the kinds of episodes that we love. <laughs> our buddy King Kusano. I hope you can get this guy in the podcast. His opinions are so different from yours. He might be drunker than I am. Oof, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that, bro. We'll find out the next time we do a live stream, which will be coming up soon. Believe me. All right, here's one from Egg Hog. I haven't listened yet, but I just read the list. Did Gene tongue this guy's wife or something? What the fuck? He even picked on the eighth day because quote Paul just took the hit for creatures. Stupid. Well. If we can reach out and get this guy on, we would absolutely love to. It would be a great, great discussion. Uh, but that's the good stuff on Twitter. All right. Over on the Book of Face, our buddy Jason Warden. I agree that this dude has something against Gene. I personally love Sweet Pain. So do I. While the City Sleeps oh, and Street Giveth. I like that. He missed possibly one of Gene's worst after Boomerang, and that's Murder in High Heels. Murder. My law, that's just fucking terrible. I agree with a lot on the list. Love Gun and Hits <laughs> picks were off as well. Obviously, he may be trying to get a bit controversy and get invited on some podcast. Guess that's his way. Better than my way. Yep. Steve Warshaw oh, put a list on. of all his songs that he lists. Thank you, Steve. Uh, our buddy Adam Nirenberg did the same exact thing. Raymond Gallus says, totally agree with the author on Dynasty. The first album with Gene just mails it in. X-ray eyes and charisma are just laughingly bad, mindlessly repetitive. Yikes. Don't agree with that. Eric Solomon says, great podcast as usual. I have to disagree on X-ray eyes and charisma. I think they're both good tunes. That's what you get. And we love the discussion, guys. Yep. Yep. Over on our Loudcasters page, Tom. Josh Brown does the same thing, lists all his songs as well. Uh, Sean DeHaan does that as well. Nice. Paul Heider says, okay, to be clear, then she kissed me isn't that bad. Guess what, Paul? I'm going to agree with you on that. It's a good song. It just didn't belong on a Kiss album, but mm -hmm. it's a good song. He can't take away from that. Mm -hmm. uh, Scott Sunders finally got a chance to listen. For some reason, when Tom said he wears rock and roll clothes, in reference to future shouted out loud cast Hall of Famer Joey Casada, he doesn't. I I did the old Beavis and Butthead line. Yeah, he buys his clothes at the rock and roll store at the mall. Exactly. That yep. was a Beavis line. I don't forget what what video he was talking about, but yep. I nearly wrecked my car. I was laughing so hard. It just caught me off guard and killed me. Another great episode, TNZ. Hey, do you think this guy likes Gene? No. <laughs> nope. At least not his music, but uh, yeah. Anyways, on Instagram, Junior Vintage, which is now Mr. A2005, congrats, Tom and Zeus, on being the number one on Pantheon charts. Well-deserved. My top three least favorite Kiss tunes of all time. I hit skip on if they come on. Finally found my way. Let's put the X in sex. That's a fucking terrible selection. That video and song is just atrocious. You're so wrong. Burn, bitch, burn. I question some of the columnist picks, but it's subjective at this stage. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, come on. Let's put the X in sex is the fucking best. Love that song. Mm, I don't know about that, <laughs> but that's okay. 
Yeah, and not just number one on Pantheon Top. We're the number one Kiss podcast. Not the most popular. No, no. The number one. Statistically ranked. I mean, you you might be the most popular football team in the NFL, but only one of them hoists the trophy at the end of the year. And they might not be the most popular team. So it's like the Patriots winning the Super Bowl every year, and then people say, well, the Cowboys are the most popular team. Oh, great. Okay, great. Wonderful. But, great. You um, sell great. You sell more jerseys than us. We have the Lombardi. Yeah. And um, the fact that you want to include maybe YouTube and stuff, great. We never said we're the number one YouTube channel right. or KISS program. Right. We say podcast. And we say that right. specifically for a reason. Because there's a statistical thing out there. It's called chartable. We all use it. Yep. And we all can and judge and see where we are. Yep. So we didn't just pull this out of our ass. This is real. So no. eat as many fucking meatball subs as you want to and giggle to yourself. But it's the fucking truth. And I'm sorry yeah. that hurts you, but that's what happens when some people get complacent over fucking time and realize that people yeah. can come in with some fresh and fun and, and make this fun. Yeah. Show us on the Vinnie Vincent doll where we hurt you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe uh, I don't know. Maybe I, I, I show you on my fucking posters I got from a new Facebook group. Yo. <laughs> Be careful. We don't want anybody. We, we don't want anybody ripping us off. We, 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 no, that's we, already being done we, by another fucking show. Yeah, we have to keep our complaints, you know, original and creative because e- even even us complaining might be getting ripped off. Well, then maybe we'll create a new fucking catchphrase and we'll start selling those. Oh, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah nobody because, else is doing. Nobody else is doing that. Yeah, well, I, we've had our show for I don't know 10, 15 years, and we never thought about it until somebody else did. So maybe that's what we'll do now from now on. Yeah, like everything I, else that we pick up from them lately. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The originality is DOA, my friend. And you know what's funny? We like them all, too. They're all our friends. They're all fucking cool. We don't give a oh, shit. Oh, yeah. We're just exactly. fucking, we're just giving the jab back. We, and- we're just being, we're just being dicks with microphones <laughs> in front of us. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, uh, there's, uh, and believe me, we are being very kind oh. compared to how others would take this. Yeah, Very me, maybe, maybe the Patreons will get an unvarnished. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you're on Patreon, the next time we have earned, you can ask us what we're referring to. Yeah. And maybe we'll come up with a fucking list of the top 20 fucking things that have been ripped off recently. I agreed. Yes. Right? Yep. Holy shit. Yep. Jesus. No, I, I, I can't. <laughs> Anyway, um, Tom, <laughs> last one on uh, Instagram, Bassman Tim K. Okay, great episode, guys. Again, this is the strong suit of this podcast. Agree to disagree with some of the articles and your choices, but we are kiss tards, so I would expect mm-hmm. that. My only real comment is that Kissing Time should be disqualified as it was not on the original pressings of the record. It was added on later when Casablanca and a radio station ran a contest. So now, if that is not the ultimate kiss hard comment. I love it. I don't know. Well, you can't count that. That wasn't on the original pressing in 1974. That is the, you know what that is? That is the equivalent of, you know, the school comes equipped with fire eggs on either end of the library. Show like Dick some respect. <laughs> that's exactly what that is. But that being said, that's why we love that. We love those kinds of comments exactly. because people people are paying attention. It's awesome. Yeah, Bassman Tim. 
Yeah. Sit out, Johnson. Exactly. <laughs> Tom, over on our YouTube page. All right. All right. Booger. <laughs> Glam Rock Bandit, who apparently is a female, Tom. Ooh. I don't know if you're aware of that. Oh, I know now. Yeah. So she joins Gabli Degook, <laughs> our buddy and ultimate roommate, Tracy. As the only female. Oh no, and uh Anne Bean is a super fan. And our and our uh, our our buddy the Amber Fiber Magic Queen over in the UK. <laughs> Isn't uh Tal the UPS thing? Is that a female too? Or Talker? Oh, ta- I don't know. Ta- yeah, the, the, put it this way. The fact that we can count on one hand the amount of female <laughs> listeners that we're aware of is probably not good. We need all the female listeners oh, to God. send us a message on this when we put the post up for this episode to be like, I'm a female listener. And we need a roll we'll, call. A, a roll call. Yes. Or either a DM or a Facebook message or a email. And maybe we'll create a Hall of Fame female edition of the on our website for all the female listeners we have, Tom. My name is Nicole Bass. <laughs> I'm nah. four. I weigh 235 pounds and I have a <laughs> vagina. <laughs> I think I think <laughs> Nicole Bass is a front runner of making it in the celebrity part of the Shout It Out Loud cast Hall of Fame. Rest in peace, Gina. <laughs> Not Gina from 40-Year Virgin, <laughs> who has a kiss connection. Why? Yes. Oh, shit. Go ahead and tell because me. Because she I was can... on that Fox program when Kiss was on. Remember? What would they do? What oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mad yeah. TV. The, the, yeah, the Mad TV. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, that terrible show. Ugh. Hey, what's up, Gina? Yeah. Gina. Hey, you look, you look like it'd be a nice transition, you know, put, throw a little rouge on, tuck your sack back. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> by the way, I think I had a comment to read, Tom. Yeah. Oh, boy. This list had me frequently going, what do you mean that one of yours pick for the worst? Which had me realize that I truly don't have all my least favorite Kiss songs, though there are a few I certainly understood being on this list, such as Great Expectations. I feel that they should have been a vocal trade away, like God of Thunder, had been, it might have worked better as a Paul song instead of a Gene song, perhaps. And you guys' reaction to some of these were entertaining as ever. Even when I find myself disagreeing with you guys, one thing is for sure, I agree with you guys, especially with Got Love for Sale being a bizarre pick, as that's one of my favorite Kiss songs of all time. I generally let out an offended gasp at the fact that that was on the list. Mm-hmm. Truly, I think the worst offended list stuck me like a slap in the face with danger. As that was a song I used to skip a lot as a kid because I was simply not in the mood to hear a new song. Side note, what was I thinking as a child? But when I didn't skip it in time one day, I finally heard it and was Florida, how much I wound up loving that song. It may well be my favorite track off of Creatures. So I sat up just angrily pointing my scream. How dare you mm-hmm. laughing my ass off? Also, LOL, I somehow did not realize my usage of there's nothing better than you. Had oh, been God. ever happened with that last comment of mine. It's become a natural part of my vocabulary, and it seems that that shouldn't be nearly as surprising to consider how damn catchy that song is. Mm-hmm. Great nice. comic glam rock bandit. Yes. Danger is fucking awesome. I don't know what I love better. The pre chorus on that is fantastic. The chorus, I know. Danger. Danger yeah. sounds like fucking danger, Will Robinson. Yep. Um, but the pre chorus 
Paul's vocals, the drums, and that Vinny guitar. Mm-hmm. Fucking killer. Killer, killer. Anyway, uh, let's move on. What about Rob5812 says, mainline is absolute garbage. Dude, Oof. what about Rob? You are fucking insane. Wow. Johnny B. Good likes to claim that he was first to comment. Okay. Charles Bronson says, so the ones you haven't reviewed yet are Destroyer Dynasty, Lick It Up, Carnival Souls, and Sonic Poo. So get to work, gents. Okay. <laughs> okay, boss. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and then I got to read this one last comment because I love these. Kevin Anderson, 967. They're all bad. Kiss sucks. And how could you grow up in the 70s and like Kiss instead of Thin Lizzy? It's unforgivable. Okay, I was five. I'm not listening to Thin Lizzy. Oh, sorry, Jay Hook Rocks. Yeah. What was that horrendous debate him and Sonny had at Creatures Fest? Thin Lizzy versus like Air Supply or something. What was that? Oh, something. It was, it it was, it was, yeah. Bad music debates. Yeah, it was bad. By Sonny Pooney and Jay from the Hook Rocks. There's a podcast I've listened to. (laughs) Holy shit. Bad, Bad music takes. Oh God, that'd be great. I've uh, I've got bad English in top five. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> I got this band who played in front of seventeen people in Cleveland the other night. Let's go. Let's battle up against them. Yeah. <laughs> That's a tough one. Uh, Tom, over to you. All right, let's bang through a couple emails here. So we got a response from our buddy Music Vampire. If oh, you remember him last the week, crackhead. Yeah, he goes, "No, I am not smoking crack." <laughs> I recently discovered your podcast the past year and have been listening to the episodes. Zeus mentioned early on about paying to see an Elvis hologram and the kiss lip sync question came from a mailbag episode. No worries that you don't remember. Kiss is my favorite band and shout out loudcast is my favorite podcast. All right. I like it, but I may have mentioned it like, Oh, a Holocaust and that, but I don't remember any correlation that I said that I would see this. Therefore I will not see a kiss whole band is lip syncing thing like this you know the, the two comments not related to one another separated from maybe three four years right no so you're i right. know where you're he right. was coming from that's all you're right keep uh, smoking that crack buddy and thanks for listening we love you you smoke crack don't you boy uh, sam's <laughs> all right we're gonna wrap up our feedback with an email from rj he says i've been a kiss fan for 42 years Woo. I was five years old when I listened to a live two and staring at the inner gatefold in awe at 47 years old. I'm still a kiss fan, but I have to say this. I'm also a big Alice Cooper fan, which is why I have been thinking this kiss has gotten lazy. The idea that Alice Cooper has been able to release three studio albums of new material in the same amount of time that monster came out. And Paul said that there are no plans to do any more studio albums because no one wants new music. We're coming up to the end, and there has been no talk about off-the-soundboard recordings or box sets. You have a great show, and I wish nothing but continued success. RJ, that is a great email. We've talked about this a lot. We appreciate your thoughts. We appreciate you uh, you know, submitting a message to us. I, I don't recall interacting with you before. Uh, thank you for the kind words about our show. And RJ... For strong opinions, which are always welcome on this show, my friend, you are the comment of the week. Good answer. Good answer. I like the way you think. I'm going to be watching you. (laughs) 
I, I will say this. Every band doesn't have to follow a formula. The fact that Alice Cooper released three doesn't mean Kiss has to. Is it a cliche answer or an easy answer for Paul? Yeah, but it's not the accurate truth. I, I think the thing that I think the thing that I, I don't like don't want to do it. Yeah, I think the thing that I don't like about Kiss and and I, and I don't know band is going to go out of their way and do this, but have you noticed how the off the soundboard you could set your calendar by those releases? They they just they they slow they just drifted away. Kind of like the Kiss Cruise. It's just like it just goes away, and they hope that we don't notice. These oh, things, I believe these something things, will come out. I think they, something's no, going to come out soon. Well, I think what my theory on this is that next year is the 50th anniversary of the debut album. That's going to be the. Gonna, it's going to be a 50th anniversary box set of a re-release of that album. So, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there'll be something in the. They'll probably announce that this fall for pre-orders. And then that'll be the next big thing. So maybe that's why they're putting the brakes on the off the sambo. I don't have any inside knowledge of that. That's just my guess. So, yeah, it could be something like that, Tom. It could also be, I mean, they logic will tell you they're going to do the debut. They'll probably throw a a separate disc for the Wicked Lester CD, throw that in there too. Yep. Something like that. I mean, I know we all hope, like, why don't you do a remixing of Hotter Than Hell? Right. That's possible. And then put that out, but they're not going to skip over the debut. Now, that being said, it's a great question, great comment. But everybody's, you know, yeah. we've talked about this before. I think everybody realizes that those guys don't want to do it. And Tom has his theory about Paul just wants to be done with Kiss. Yeah. Well, I keep saying it, it was supposed to be over three years ago. Yeah. You know, so. All right. Well, Tom, what we do next is we go and give a shout out to our friends and family over on Patreon. Patreon is where people can subscribe. They get perks from us, including merch, uh, involvement in the show, polls, uh, conversations, DMs. You name it, we do it on this uh, Patreon uh, channel. And what happens is you guys contribute and help the show grow. And we give you guys some input, feedback, merch, like I was saying. And it just helps everybody. It's a win-win for everybody. Uh, Patreon has continuously grown for us. And what it's done is it's helped us build our show to bigger and better than we could ever have imagined. And a lot of that, a lot of it comes from Patreon. And we thank all our Patreon family members. We do have a uh, 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 probably a, a new video Zoom call coming up soon as well. Yep. Uh, we've got yep. a lot of other things in mind coming soon. The Patreon ARC pick will be around the corner before you know it. So, you know what you do? Go to patreon.com, go to the app Patreon, search for creator. You would search for Shout It Out Loudcast, you'll find us. Or the easiest way is go right to our website, shoutitoutloudcast.com, shoutitoutloudcast.com. Right on the landing page is an icon for Patreon. Click on that. See what all the tiers are about. Find one that fits your needs and join our family. Help out the show. We appreciate it. And we thank all our members of the Patreon family, past and present. Thank you once again. You guys rock. We appreciate all that you do for our show. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for everything. Uh, you know, we say the same thing every week, but we, we never get tired of saying it and expressing our gratitude and our thanks. And please, any new listeners out there that's interested, check us out, go to our website and click on the link. Tom, what we do next is we go to Kiss World. What's going on there? Uh, crickets right now. Time off. Uh, they don't have another show until September 1st. 
Uh, Paul's doing some uh, art shows and some bike rides. Gene's uh, auction website is up and running. Uh, Ace is touring. But I, other I, that, I, wait a minute. Am I, is that what I'm doing right now? I thought I was taking a break and trying to star in that remake of that classic gangster movie I was in a couple of years back in the 90s. Remember that one, guys? It's a, it's a fantastic movie. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, it's great. I, I, I play a drug dealer in that one. A real gangster. It's great. It's really good. Yeah. Um, I get some funny family-related kiss news here. That, that Zeus doesn't even know about. This is I I, I I have to I just I'm sharing this just out of like some kind of selfish just laughter here. So my mom, Mrs. Uh-oh. G, Mrs. G is uh she just turned 80 in July. She could She's, have been part of our show, but Tom won't allow me to have the talk hold, with Mrs. G section. Hold on, that might be coming. <laughs> that might be coming here. So my mom's 80, but she's uh, energetic and spry and, you know, uh, hot shit and all this good stuff. She's the best. So she texts me or calls me the other day. And uh, she lives in in Florida. She lives in the villages, that big retirement spring break community. She's like, uh, guess where I'm going? And I'm like, I I have no idea. She said September 23rd in the villages amphitheater or whatever. Oh, oh, no. Is Kiss Alive, the tribute band. (laughs) My 80-year-old mother is going with one of her friends to see a Kiss tribute band. So I told her, I go, Mom, even if you don't want to come on the show, you at least have to give me your review because I got to talk about this. So I went on their website. They look pretty badass. I mean, they're, they're based out of Florida, obviously. They're called Kiss Alive. If anybody who's listening knows about them. But I just couldn't get over the fact that my 80-year-old mother is going to go see a Kiss tribute band. I thought it was fucking hilarious. God bless her. Well, I'll tell you, if it was the real Kiss band, I'd be like, keep Gene away from her. Hello, Mrs. G. Hello. There's only a few years separating us. (laughs) (laughs) Where were you in 1978? Exactly. Oh, man. man, I think we do need to bring her on for a review of the show. Yeah. Uh, Get a fresh perspective. From yes. a spry Kiss yeah. fan. Exactly. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. So that's awesome. Well, yep. oh, one other thing, Tom, I want to mention is I heard a little rumor that our buddy Peter Chris might be working on an album of some sort. There's nothing better than a new <laughs> Peter album. <laughs> I've got hey fuckos. I got a I got part two of There's Nothing Better Than You coming up. Who Pico Chris, the sequel? That'd be great. God bless him. I love, how can you not love Peter? Oh, oh my God. If that's great. true. And then the other rumor we talked about, I, you know, I haven't even brought it up. I know I posted about it on Twitter months ago. Yeah. Well, the rumor was that perhaps Evan Stanley might be opening for yeah, Kiss. That's when right. When they come back. That, our, our, our sources, which we never reveal. That seems to be have that seems to have legs. A lot of people from overseas confirm that because I think it was a rumor over there when Kiss was touring. Yeah. So I'll tell you, my first instinct is, yeah, it's his son. I don't give a fuck. I would do it for my kid too. My second instinct, no matter how bad he is, if he's bad at all, he's better than a fucking painter. I agree. I agree. Yep. So I don't have a. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm the, there's a piece of me. It's like, ah, that's tacky having your kid's band open for yeah. you. But then the flip side is, fuck it. If you could do it, do it. 
Yeah, it's his fucking. It's Kiss. It's his. Exactly. Right. 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 So good yep. luck. Fuck. I him. agree. Yep. And uh, before we go, uh, Ace has one more comment. Tom. Hey, Paul. I heard you got some kid opening up for Kiss coming up. When you could have me open up any day of the week, and I'll play some fantastic songs like "Good Times, Bad Times" by Led Zeppelin in my fantastic vocal performances that you'll never want to hear it again. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report. And you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. All right, we're back and uh, really trying to convince Ace that it, it's just not happening. He, he's, you know, if he wants, he can be Evan Stanley's roadie if, if when when Evan's the opener. But uh, he, he can't. He, Ace isn't going to perform. He's he's having a hard time dealing with that. Hey, he's going to hey. take he's going to take more pictures from the amusement parks as I'm going around that <laughs> swing. Oh, shit, with, I, I think oh, I shit myself. This, this is going to be a problem. I feel bad for all these toddlers below me. They're going to think a bird shit on him. It's really Ace. Hey, Paul, I hope your son Nick is pretty good, because uh, last time I saw him, he was a young kid, but who knows? Maybe he's as good as my daughter, Gigi. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, Tom, we got our buddy Brett Fitz on. 
I'd say it was it was kind of a little bit of a steal for us, Tom, because when we were talking with Brett and we mentioned it to him in Vegas. Uh, on the episode that uh, when we saw him in Vegas, he purposely does not do a lot of publicity in and podcasts and things like that. And uh, and then at the end of the night in Vegas, he turns to us out of nowhere and says, I'm going to do your show. Yeah. And uh, we couldn't be more thrilled. No. Never mind the fact that we didn't even film the first half an hour because we were just fucking talking. Yep. The, the interview is about an hour and a half. We could have went on for hours more. Mm-hmm. We got a feeling Brett will be back. Mm-hmm. But we got to a lot of subject matters on this interview. Did we not? Yeah, it was great. And like we said earlier, we're, we're, we're so thrilled and, and proud to to call Brent a, a friend. You know, we've met him and it, it, we've stayed in touch um, and to get him on here and uh, just to talk very candidly and openly about a lot of things. Uh, you guys are going to love it. You know, it's it's another great interview that we're proud of. So without further ado, Brent Fitz. All right, this week we have another excellent guest, friend of the show, following a long line of great drummers that we have had on our show, notwithstanding Joey Casada. You know this guy from Slash. You know him from his Kiss connections with Union and Bruce Kulick and Gene Simmons and all that great stuff, the Kiss Cruise. You know him. We know him. We love him. You love him. The great Brent Fitz is here. Brent, welcome to the show, buddy. Just another Canadian to add to your uh, important guest list beside the mighty Chris Jericho. That's right. That's right. And Todd Kearns, he's been on here too. You're, you're, you're all your fellow bandmate as well. That's right. Martin Popoff. That's right. Canada. Um, now, now I'm, now I'm stuck. I'm like, I'm going to think of Canadians, but that's all right. There's enough of them. <laughs> How you doing, good. buddy? That's why you have us on. Oh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's right. It's the hockey connection, really, for me. That's the big thing. Uh, hold yeah, on. Right. Let's just go right into it. Um, I'm sorry about your if you're Bruins fans, but oh, talk God. about having the best record in history and then <laughs> shit in the bed. I'm sorry. Okay. So, hey, 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 Brent, we've dealt with this before. I'm, a, I'm the Patriots fan. I mean, we're both Patriot fans, but it's the same thing when the Patriots had the the only 16 and 0 season and then shit the bed in the Super Bowl and finished 18 and one. It's okay. What you I doing? fucking called it. You could ask Tom. He I did. said it that they're not going to they're going to lose and it's going to kill me that they did this and lose. Yep. Yep. I've been a season ticket holder since 2001. I opened up my office. Wow. First thing I did is get Bruden season ticket holder. Lifelong fan. I've seen it all. I've seen the Blackhawks take the Stanley Cup within a minute left to go oh, when we were winning and win that right in front awful. of me. I saw the Blues win the Cup in front of me. I've seen <laughs> oh. more Game 7 heartbreaks at the Garden than I can ever imagine. Yeah. And was I shocked by it? No. No. Life as a fan. What are you going to do? It's okay. Yeah, okay, so defensively, as a, a lifelong hockey fan growing up in you know winnipeg but as far as the original six teams boston bruins being one of them i always did appreciate and i was more about a player fan than teams but come on yep. bobby Orr is fucking god okay of course. absolutely that, without question i mean the bruins like i i can tell you this i do not not like the bruins i hate the the Leafs. There's there's a statement there. I already have a bunch of people that hate me, but I never <laughs> loved the Leafs as a kid. It was always like a, a, a fine line with Canadian teams because I liked Gila Fleur and I loved mm-hmm. 
him with the with the Canadians. And then whenever you know, it's just like your teams that played like hockey night in Canada Saturday night to be the Bruins versus Montreal. But I I never really had a team that I was cheering for. I just loved both those teams, and for some reason, I just I never <laughs> I liked Daryl Sittler, but I never cheered. And I know you you Boston fans do not get along well with with Toronto fans. And no, 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 no. It's not even that. It's so people are mistaken. We we like laugh with the Maple Leafs fans because they just they lose to us all the time in in pathetic fashion. It's the Canadians, (laughs) the Montreal Canadians fans that we fucking hate, especially in the eighties, especially in the eighties. Yeah. That was, that was bad. Yeah. 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 That was bad. This week on hockey talk here with, uh, Brent Fitz. No, we have to get it out of the system because, and I need to talk quickly about, okay. So the season where your Bruins were so excellent and then losing in the first round, but Myself living in Vegas for the past over 20 years and always being a lifelong since the early 70s Winnipeg Jets fan because that's where I'm from, born and raised. I'll always bleed my Winnipeg Jets. But in the last several years, as the Golden Knights have become such an uh, an impactful in the community here where I live and just a, a general proving everybody wrong in the NHL about the whole desert idea of Vegas yep. having a hockey team yep. and they won the fucking cup this year and they, they earned it man it was like yeah. and and I'm gonna brag a little bit but there's a lot of guys from Winnipeg and Manitoba on that team that won that cup and even though my Jets who haven't won a cup but there's a lot of dudes from back home in my neighborhood who who are hoisting the cup around the city right now because they won it for Vegas so nice. it's pretty awesome you don't have to yeah. go further than the fact that you have the coach that we just fired Became yeah. your coach and won the <laughs> cup hurts. with you guys. That's the best yeah. part of the story. <laughs> with, with your best player being a kid from Chelmsford, Mass, Jack Eichel, local boy yep. that we know. I local know. Kid, local kid. That's right. Yeah, the whole thing is just a bad, it, it's yeah, typical it Boston loser sports stuff that we deal with. Hey, we got to, okay, we got to give a shout out. So Mark Stone, captain of the Vegas Golden Knights, is not only from Winnipeg, but he's from the same high school as your your good buddy and mine, Chris Jericho. Oh. So there's something going on in our neighborhood because even though we went to you know different high schools, but that little West End part of Winnipeg has definitely had some good kinetic energy for some sports guys and music. And Chris oh, yes. qualifies in both sides, you know, music and and sports. So um, that's right. But yeah, Mark Stone went to to Westwood High School in St. James, and um, and there's some other hockey players that went to my high school as well. But um, it, yeah, it's pretty cool that that cup has nice. been through our neighborhood in the last couple of weeks. Very cool, nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to talk about Kiss or uh... maybe. <laughs> maybe. No, I want to stick to hockey. Believe no, it or no, not, actually, no, actually, 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 we're going to talk about the '80s Winnipeg Jets and why Dale Howarchuk was not was underappreciated when he played. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Although my favorite player was always Morris Lukowicz, and still is, and he's actually a friend. Really? Um, wow. I did like Howarchuk, but I always. I always sort of gravitated to like, yeah, the, the, the go-to guy was, you know, I liked, obviously he was the captain and, and, you know, but I liked Morris Lukowicz. I liked Laurie Boschman and I liked, you know, grinders like Doug Smale and, and players like that. Probably Doug like Smale on the Bruins. I like, I like Wayne Cashman, like on the Bruins, you know, like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Terry O'Reilly. Yeah. Those kind of goons. Dudes. Yeah. Goons. Exactly. <laughs> Wayne Cashman yeah. with like the play with like the George Costanza hairdo with no helmet. <laughs> I mean, the guy looked oh, great. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I still have all those hockey cards too from the seventies. I collected yep. from, you know, around 76 
I mean, I had several Gretzky rookie cards from that era, 77, 78, Lord. and all all my favorite players were all from that era till about 1985, 86. So, of course, nice. you know, obviously Dale Howard Chuck was, was a big yeah. deal back there. Nice, nice. Uh, Tom, all right. Don't get him started about Wayne Gretzky. We'll, we'll no, don't. That's my, that's, that's my guy. We'll, we'll save that for a, maybe another show. Fair enough. Right. Good. Well, reason we have you here, Brett, is because uh, we're lucky enough to forge a friendship with you over – between the Kiss Cruises, Creatures Fest, the the Gene event, uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, we weren't uh, able to go on all the cruises, but we went to enough that we got to meet you and got started a friendship. And we've been talking about this. You're a little bit elusive. You don't do many podcasts. I don't see you <laughs> out there as much. So the fact that you decided to come on with us, it's a big deal. What does deal. that say? Yeah, what does it's that a big say? Deal. It's a big deal. We're happy about it very much. Yes. And, well, uh, and it goes back to like, if I'm going to enjoy whether I'm on or not, but if I'm going to listen to someone else's podcast and enjoy it, I actually really enjoy the deep conversations you guys have over. And I'll just say the other day, I thought, you know, I haven't listened to the last couple. And I'm like, am I really listening to a podcast about all the ex-girlfriends and wives of Kiss <laughs> Band members? <laughs> And yes, I listened to the whole damn thing and you two guys talk. And I had to, I was yelling. I, I've already texted you guys this ahead of time. And I said, no, go ahead. How did you not how did you not know who Connie Hamsey was when you were conversing and saying, hey, she has a connection to several of the band guys? I'm like, that's the legendary sweet Connie from and, yep. the the era. You know, she was a legendary, you know, groupie, obviously, but she was, you know, uh, immortalized in the in the We're American band song by Grand Funk Railroad. Come on. Yeah, and we had a lot of people come after us with some comments and DMs saying the same thing. And that, that's yeah, you know, we don't we don't claim to know everything, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it, people take that stuff way too serious. They were giving us what was the guy that one person said, you know, you didn't do your research. You know, I'm a little disappointed. Oh yeah, so I'm yes. like, are you fucking? This is this is why the term look oh, hold on. came in. Oh. Just to also say, if you guys actually went to a website looking for facts on people's relationships, that was the mistake right there. So I, all I'm going to say is whether that person was even involved in any of the Kiss guys is who knows, you know. <laughs> but it, it was a lot of fun reading. That. It was a lot of fun. And, 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 the, the, and the whole point of the episode, I said this to Zeus. The whole point was to be fun, but you know, there's going to be somebody going, "No, you messed up." Paul dated Lisa Hartman in '82, <laughs> not '83. Yeah. You screwed it up. Come and, on, that's and, the beauty of of Kiss fans and and the debates. Is it's just this, these are things that happen late night while eating really crappy buffet food on the Kiss Cruise, right? <laughs> that's exactly right. Yes. 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 Speaking yes. of that, our good friend Jeff mm. Trot wanted to say hello to you. I don't know if you remember Jeff. He says of he course had I love many, Jeff. many a yep. nights great. late on the cruise with you, dinners and breakfasts and stuff. And he may of course, but Jeff has hello. a great camera eye. He's a great photographer too. And a yeah. lot of times I appreciate because as a drummer, which, and I am Sometimes I'm a drummer and sometimes I'm other guys in the band. But for the most part, when you're behind the drums, you are probably the last person that gets the photos on right, stage. Yeah. Right. And uh, when someone takes great drummer shots, I really appreciate it. So I got a shout out to Jeff because he's he's always nice. taking some great shots on the cruise. Yeah, awesome. he's a great guy. And he's the one who comes up with all our designs out and stuff. He's, he's fantastic. Yeah, we love yeah, yeah. For, for us, though, we, you know, we come into this picture meeting Brent Fitz, the drummer from the Bruce Kulick band. But your music goes back long before the Bruce Kulick band on the cruise. 
Uh, you were already on the scene playing music in LA. You want to tell us how you kind of got started and met up with all the Kiss gang and and got your career going? Well, before yeah, well, we do I, that, before before we do that, Brent, we have to hmm. get in our little fun questions that we do with all of our guests. Oh, right okay. before before before, right. before 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 we get into that, we got we got we got to pick your brain on all of our little Kiss right. nerdery that we do with our guests. All right. Is there right answers or is it just, uh, <laughs> we'll there's see. No, there's no, there's no right answers, but there's answers that we'll, Good. we'll, we'll, we'll tell you whether they're right or wrong. All right. First, they're, they're called the Murph questions. They're Tom's old roommate from college and my good friend as well. And, uh, these are, are questions pretty simple. Now, it doesn't have to be personal, like I'm friends with them, but did you have a favorite kiss member growing up? Um, yeah. I think everybody does, whether you it's it's either because of the makeup yep. or a song or an instrument, it sort of always plays in it. And that's the, the never ending debate. So a lot of guitar players, hey, Ace Fraley was my favorite guy because I, he got me into, you know, guitar or, you know, Paul is a singer because and Gene because of just that whole, you know, the presence of the the uh, intimidating, you know, horror factor demon whatever um i would say i makeup wise always liked ace fraley mm, okay. i just his and and i loved and as a kid i was into um i remember doing all my projects at school were always on space travel the apollo lunar landing on the moon and all that and ace mm-hmm. fraley was from outer space man it was like nice <laughs> it was your superhero was you know he was a, a you know and and look, admittedly, so age-wise, uh, I'm probably close to you guys in age. Mm-hmm. But in the in the 70s and late 70s in particular, when the real merchandising started to come out, and I was a very impressionable age, probably in 19... Uh, it's best to just timestamp. Let's say 1977. Um, let's say like from Destroyer 76, you know, and Love Gun, Rock and Roll Over and all that, and Alive 2, I was... Well, and, and when Star Wars came out, the movie, 70, 77, the year 1977, I'm the seven years year. old. Yep. Holy shit. That's a, that's a year when everything is, you know, you're like, you're just influenced by movies and music and, and, you know, and the, the action figures that came out at that time for Kiss were perfectly placed for a guy like me, the comic mm-hmm. books, everything. So I just, you know, I loved, I became a drummer because a lot of my friends in the neighborhood all played guitar. So mm-hmm. I thought everybody in the band was great. I never, I never thought, you know, anyone was better than the others, but you know, I, I just kind of like, I liked Ace's makeup. Um, but I never played guitar in a band, but I was always the drummer. So I used to mimic Peter Chris's drum kit in my basement. You know, like I mm-hmm. had like all these, like a little, like a, Muppets drum kit, and I used to add extra drums to make it look like alive too, or something. You know, like we all did this shit. Yeah, of course. Yep. And it was, you know, and I thought "Shock Me" was a great song. I loved Ace, you know, on the live version, all that kind of stuff. But you know, the first time I went out as a Kiss member for Halloween, I actually was Paul Stanley. Interestingly really? enough. Yep. And is I never he had the easy, is, that, is, that, is that because he had the easier makeup to do? It was easy to be Paul Stanley. I don't know. I think about it. I, the old photos. I look back. I go the first time I dressed up in school. I I I was Paul Stanley, and I had the the armbands with the feathers hanging off, and I had a, <laughs> yeah. like the wig and everything. My mom's boots. So I did Paul Stanley, and then after that, I was always Ace, you know, or whatever. But I don't know. Did you got? 
let, let's just say it's not always about me here. Discussion was what were you guys or who was your, why were you influenced by a certain guy when you were young? I see Peter on your shirt. Okay. And I had the I, Peter I costume. Yeah. I've, I, I've, I've been a gene guy since the first time I picked up the cover of love gun when I was five years old, a gene guy since day one. I'm, I'm a, I'm a horror guy, the blood spit in the blood, the, the fire, the demon. That's, that's my guy. Love him. Okay, and then let's talk about Kiss Meets the Phantom, the movie, because you really got a, another sense of the characters in that movie, right? Oh, because yeah. they were acting, and 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 uh, you know, I I don't know, I just uh, it's it's really hard for me to be specific, but as a whole, I loved the whole thing. Everybody was larger than life, equally so, and and their strengths oh, yeah. were so good together, you know, at that time that I was just you know every po- I never had like a a, a, a one guy on my wall. I always had pictures of Kiss together on mm-hmm. my on my walls. Yep. Yep. Although I got, I have to mention that photo of Gene from Alive Two is fucking incredible. <laughs> the greatest. That the greatest. just is such an intimidating imagery. You just keep looking at it, and you just it's mesmerizing yep. because it yep. says so much. As yep. you know, it's like it's scary, but yet it's so rock and roll, and it's just. Oh, like, you know, the sweat, the sweat, the blood, the drool, drool. it's just it's vicious. It's the best. It's epic. It's epic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting now if you if you have Gene, you know, when you meet him in person and, and, you know, you you realize what a wonderful guy is as a person that and then when you put that that imagery and that person into perspective, it's like a whole different persona. Totally. Yep. Yeah. It's like the wrestlers in the wrestling world. Like when mm-hmm. they get out of character, you're like, I can't believe this is like the nicest man. But when he gets yep. in the ring, he's like saying all these vulgar things. He's an asshole. He's just, it just, they turn the switch on. Gene's the same way. It seems like, right? Yep. That's yeah. great. All right. Do you have a favorite kiss song? Um, and it could be this week. It could be, Oh, this is the song in my head right now. It could be your favorite song growing up, whatever. I always remember a moment that keeps coming back when I was really young and I would listen to on love gun and the song that I played the most on my little, and I never had the kiss record player. You know, I actually had a Mickey mouse record player. This is again, like <laughs> yep. 1977. So remember it's like a little crude crappy thing with the, arm. Oh, yeah. the kiss yeah. kiss had the same one, but I just didn't have the kiss one. I had the Mickey mouse one, but yep. I played the shit out of my love gun record. And I remember, and we all did it when you looked at, the middle of the record and the four guys from the yeah. love gun cover oh, yeah. went around and you just stared at it and you listened oh. to the songs. Yeah. And I, I always remember plaster cast just nice. don't know why that song always sticks out. Christine 16, pretty awesome too. Cause I liked the piano intro and I, I played piano as a kid. I just thought it was really cool that kiss had piano yeah. in a song, mm-hmm. but I don't know why plaster caster. And then just the fact that my, I think my, one day my mom was like, what what is that song called? Plaster cap. What, what is it, <laughs> what is it about? What is it about? Yeah. What the freaking lyrics are about? I mean, uh, it's yep. just awesome. Yep. It's yep. awesome. So I, I put Plaster Caster pretty high up there. Okay. That's awesome. Do you have a favorite Kiss album? Well, Love Gun is like my first, that's my first love. Like, yes. uh, even though I, I probably had friends in the neighborhood that turned me on to Destroyer just before that, but I remember buying Love Gun with my own money at sam the record man that's what we had in canada that was our our chain and okay. uh, i went and bought it and i still have my original copy just to, yeah i always gravitate to love gun that's me awesome. too it's the way to go yeah and plastic cast is the best song on that album mm, it's pretty yeah. damn good but I, I i mean i i i get i get 
sadly, like I'm okay with every. I'll, then she kissed me. I'm like, I know it's super sappy, but still a good song. Single, yep, I played every song and I never judged it any differently. I'm like, mm-hmm. I love the whole record, and mm-hmm. you know, it's just the way it is. Yep. Yeah. Now, before you actually played with Gene and stuff, how many Kiss concerts would you say you've been to? Oh, great question. So I didn't get to see my first. The when when I wanted to, which would have been the Love Gun tour that came through Winnipeg. Again, I'm from small town Canada, and yep. Chris Jericho and I basically have the same template of of opportunity to go see Kiss because we're the same age. Yeah, okay. Chris and I are. I'm, I'm 53. Chris is 53. So yeah, that one tour before when Kiss came and Kiss came a lot in the 70s, and we were just a little too young. But Kiss actually made a. Uh, it was very impressive that when I look back in the document, Kiss came to Winnipeg several times before. The, you mm. know the love gun tour really so wow. that was i was just a little bit young cheap trick opening but the next opportunity they didn't come on um dynasty and all that they came no makeup animalized tour and chris jericho and i were front row uh that was my first time seeing kissed wow and did you go with to- him well, no, actually, we weren't because we were from different high schools. You remember growing up, like a different high school friend was like you didn't know each other. It was yeah, kind of like even though Tom went to the Catholic school in town, I went yeah. to the public. Yeah, we probably yeah. ran into each other at Seven Eleven and McDonald's <laughs> down the street from our schools, but we just didn't. Our friend, my friends, were from the same high school, and 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 you know, same with Chris. So, but we ended up all of us in the front row at the Kiss concert, and so that's probably where my first running into Chris Jericho's were at at the concerts and, and wrestling. I went to wrestling, even though I didn't become a wrestler, but I went to all this AWA wrestling stuff as a kid. I loved it. And uh, so Chris and I went to the same concerts. We went to the same, you know, cause we were the same age and loved the same, same shit. So we saw kiss in 84. Um, and then 88 was crazy nights, right? Mm-hmm. It's not right. 87, 88. Yep. So next time. 80, kiss came 87. Through, yep. I came through and I have a, a kind of a great, uh, that experience was a little bit more because I was already playing and, uh, I was, a you know, I consider myself like a working musician at the time. I would have been about 17 or 18, but I had, mm-hmm. you know, had been in high school, but I was like touring around a bunch and playing a lot. And I worked at a music store and a drum store. And I actually came down and I was lucky enough at that crazy nights tour to go down early. I brought the, the, Eric Carr's drum tech had called the store and mm. my friend, Carrie Allen, the, the owner of the store said, Hey, Brent kiss is asking, you know, the, the bands would come through and they, Hey, we need some heads sent down or whatever. And uh, I had done it a bunch of times, come down to the show early, drop off some heads. I got to meet Eric Carr that day. I got oh, to awesome come down that. early, meet his drum nice. tech. It was really, really nice. And it's a nice. great, exp- like a great memory because, you know, I'm still, I'm like a kid, 17, 18, but I got invited, you know, up on stage. I hung out with Eric and he let me play wow. his drums. That was really cool. Um, I don't have a photo to document that, unfortunately. But uh, but I was there. <laughs> we trust you. And, yeah, we, and it yeah, happened. We, yeah, nice. And it's then good- um, after that was um, the next time I saw them, because I ended up being on the road in my own band, touring, uh, you know, across Canada for years and years until I finally moved to Los Angeles in 90, early 96, which was when. The reunion, All the Kiss reunion stuff happened. So I'll That's never right. forget. I had just moved to LA. I was staying with my good friend Scott Gaines in Sherman Oaks, who I used to be in a band with in in Winnipeg, ironically, and uh, called Seventh Heaven. And yeah. I was I turn on the TV and it's the Grammys, and we all saw it when oh yeah, 
the makeup four members of Kiss came out on the Grammys. That oh. was like, holy shit, you know? And mm-hmm. I had just yeah. moved to LA and, and knowing that that was going on in LA. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's so cool. cool. So yeah. is it fair but, to say maybe about five or six? Yeah. So I saw that reunion tour first one. I actually saw it at the forum in LA. So that was pretty oh, epic. Wow. Okay. Oh, wow. Nice. And I did go there with uh, indirectly with Bruce because we had just started. There's a whole backstory of how I met Bruce, you know, yep. when I moved to LA. Yeah. which was great to, to start working with Bruce pretty early on. You know, he's one of the first uh, musicians that I had started to work with when I moved from, from Canada to, to LA. Um, but yeah, so, and then the, many Kiss concerts after that, of course, being on tour and, and you know, yeah. of course, running into them in, on European festivals and, and stuff like that. So uh, how many have I seen? How many times have I seen Kiss? Probably 15, 20 times by, by okay. today. Yeah, okay. gotcha. Now, do you have a favorite Kiss memory? And that could be buying your first record, uh, seeing meeting Gene for the first time. Do anything could be the Eric could be the Eric Carr story you just mentioned. Yeah, you know that could be you know, too, but, maybe. Eric, that was a good story. Um, you know, um, I think there was a great night when Union, my band with Bruce Kulick, mm-hmm. had come through. We had just put out our record. This is 1998, mm-hmm. and we had just started to do some tour dates. And we came through L.A. We played the uh, Reseda Country Club with the band. So that's Bruce Kulik and I, John Karabi on vocals and Jamie yeah. Hunting. And um, what was really nice is at the show, Gene came, Paul, and Ace came to the show. Wow. Um, so all three of those guys you know, were in attendance. And all three of them were so supportive and very nice. And I remember, remember afterwards, Gene had some really nice words to me and came up to me and you know, he was just kind of like, uh, as always, a positive, you know, whatever he said to me was very, you know, encouraging. Like, you know, man, I think you're really talented, but whatever it was, it really left an impression. And it was really nice, nice of him to do that and say that. And of course, you know, working with him years later in a band, of course, is is the ultimate awesome tip of the hat. Mm. And uh, and I, I appreciate all the things he's been as a role model to me and all the Kiss guys. You know, I remember as a kid, like, you know, don't do drugs, like all those things that were said. <laughs> yeah, yep. it stuck. It stuck in it, and yeah. it still carries it carries a lot of weight. But I will say that uh, you know Bruce has been very uh, a very important person in you know working with him early on on music and stuff. But actually, my my most important constant dear friend and fellow drummer within the Kiss circles is absolutely Eric Singer, because oh, when I first moved to LA and started to work with Bruce. And I had met Eric. Both Bruce and Eric were out of Kiss just because yeah. of that was going to be the reunion. Thing. The reunion. Yeah. So when I, the reason I got to work with Bruce was because he wasn't in Kiss and, and yeah. he was going to do something new. So uh, by us putting a new band together to the benefit of me starting a new band to the detriment of those guys not being in Kiss, but my friendships that were built by having those two guys in my life. Is has been very crucial, and I I can't thank both those guys enough for being dear friends. But Eric, I, I have to tell you, as a as a person who he didn't know me, and we were you know like I think we met obviously through Bruce and through some other musician friends. But the first time I met Eric, and he knew that I was going to work with Bruce on you know this new band and some mm-hmm. you know and probably you know do some recording. He actually was like, "Hey, Brent, if you want to come over to my house, grab some drums, whatever you want. You're more than welcome to." And I'll. I just thought, you know, if you don't know a person and yet you're so nice to just offer mm-hmm. and and he just sort of took me under his wing and and we've literally been 
just the closest friends as, you know, fellow drummers. I mean, it's not always, I, I will say that drummers can be different people than sometimes other musicians. I don't know what the camaraderie is, but we, we, we tend to be very close to each other at fellow drummers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Eric has been a very important friend in my, you know, as, as a drummer, you know, making your way. And, and Eric's done very well and played with a lot of icons. Oh, yeah. He's done so many great things in his career. And yet he's always supportive to me and, and encouraging and giving me great advice. So, um, you know, just my early relationship with Eric and, and Bruce has been a very important, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful to have those friendships. Mm. And, and, you know, what's weird is, or not, is we're kind of all neighbors in Vegas now. Yeah. After yeah. all these years, I lived in LA, of course, Bruce and Eric, and, and I moved to Las Vegas about oh, over 20 years ago. I was kind of the first one to jump over here when mm-hmm. everyone was still in LA. And I'm thankfully, selfishly, like I have my friends as neighbors in, in Vegas. Now we're all still close. We That's all awesome. hang out. Yeah. Great. Love it. Love hey, it. Hey, a couple jumping off points here. Yeah. So we got to meet you. We got to meet uh, Tommy Thayer, obviously Gene at the event in Vegas. I, I got to ask, because I'm curious, because you, you, you know, you told me how much, how close you are with Eric. So Tommy and I met him. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Oh, yeah, we're going to be honest with you. He just, he seemed very odd, very strange. Very strange. So he Remember at the end of the night, we're all kind of hanging out in the corner there. He comes over. He's like, hey, like, I don't even, he's, he probably doesn't know who the hell we are. He's like, hey, do you guys ever see this? And we're like, what? <laughs> he's like, shows us his phone. Do you remember this? He's like, look at this. It's a bunch of midgets in a cowboy movie from the 1920s. The whole movie is on YouTube. And I'm like, and I thought, I thought he was fucking with us. I'm like, wait, like, did somebody call you a midget or something? You guys trying to like throw that back? He's like, he's he's like, no, no, no. Look, here's a clip. And I'm sitting there looking at Zeus going, we're talking with Eric Singer, the (laughs) drummer of Kiss. And he's showing us midget Western movies. What is going on right now? In black and white. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, we never thought when we got to meet Eric Singer, we'd be talking about midgets in a cowboy movie in the twenties. We thought we'd talk about like. You know, your time in uh, Aussie Badlands Kiss. Or something. Or, He's like, I don't want to talk about that shit. I want, to, <laughs> I want to talk about this. And we're like, what the fuck? Is he playing a joke? Like, I don't get it. So is that so we have you here. You're good friends. With, is, is that Eric Singh? Like, is that him? Yeah, I think I think. But basically, you just got thrown into probably it was another running joke somewhere else going yeah, on. Okay. Because okay. the shitster factor with Eric and all of us is very high. Nice. And there's constant okay. ball busting and constant fun and being friends with Eric is fun. And <laughs> there's and nobody's susceptible to being, you know, like you get your ego knocked down and you get, you know, like we all <laughs> bust each other's balls. And I have a feeling that you guys got thrown in and you just got thrown into some equation of something. You're like, I'm reading into this. I wouldn't read into it. It was just, it was tackled. That's why we found it. It's like irreverent. Like, what is this? Like, I don't, what are we, what are we missing here, Eric? And we're like, yeah. we want to talk about Badlands. He's like, I don't want to fucking talk about Badlands. And then the later on that night, because of Jericho, we oh, go God, downstairs we, and, and run we see into a, who? a disheveled Jakey Lee pops into the casino. We're like, holy shit, what the fuck are you doing? Like a, we were just talking about you. It's like an unscheduled Badlands reunion that nobody <laughs> wants to be a part of. I know. I, I So I did. I'm well aware. Jakey Lee is uh, a Las Vegas resident. And I've been, you know, in I've I played on his record. 
Red Dragon Cartel. Oh, that's Here's right. That. Yes, there's a connection. Jesus Christ, shame on us. That's right. Yeah, that's okay. It's you know, it never ends. And yeah. um, <laughs> and I have you know, I've ran it to Jake at several other things. In fact, more regularly at hockey games. Oh, we, wow. everyone okay. runs into well, it looks like he's been Golden in a Knights couple game. hockey fights lately. He <laughs> yeah. I, he was stumbling around that casino. And and Red Cup Jeff was like, "Oh, look who's coming! Don't go to the bathroom yet. Wait, wait, wait!" Now, I'm like, "Who the now, fuck now, is now, this homeless now, dude?" No, now offense, let's be he's fair. awesome. He was super funny and nice. Now let's and be funny. fair. It was but also two. It was, yeah. it was also it was also two thirty in the morning. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, we we we, 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 we were, were all, all like fucking hammered by that. Yeah, we were point, all on life support at that time. So <laughs> it was just a was the it whole not night like, was fucked up. Hold on, the next day. Did Jericho not tweet something like something went down yes, uh, yes, at his hotel? Yes. Maybe yes. you guys caused that. I think you fucked up. You all got fucked up, and somehow Jericho either something happened in the hotel. I'm blaming you guys because uh, okay. I saw him post about it. No, uh, don't blame us. It our, it, because <laughs> he was fucking sloshed. Oh, like gone all so. of us were. And yeah. then like five or six in the morning, I roll over. I look at my, I don't know, I grab my phone and I'm like, what the fuck? He's like, fuck you, Mandalay Bay security. You think you can fuck with me? Fuck. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is he talking about? Well, all I can say is I read that the next day and I said, I just left these guys and everybody yep. was well behaved leaving Gene's <laughs> event. It was, you know, an awesome hang at the end of the night. Of course, we closed that restaurant down and let's yeah, just we, set it up. So Chris yeah. played that night. He played over with, uh, with, Fozzie and with Fozzie, yeah, Ugly and, Kid Joe, and yep. they made it over to hang, which was awesome. And I remember, yeah, you know, Chris text, yeah, "Hey, are you guys still hanging?" I go, "Absolutely, come on, all, come on over." That worked out yep. great. Yep. And uh, and Gene was happy to see Chris; they're friends. Of course. And uh, so, and you know, everyone, Bruce, Eric, you know, we uh, and we're all you know connected. Of course, Todd and I, we just it was great. It was great to see Chris and PJ and and, and have you guys hang out and watch us all. You know, just be. Whatever. It's like, you know, we pick up where we last le- left off or something. Yeah, it was and, you perfect. Guys were like, well, and then I was like, okay, Chris and you guys, you guys are good. I'm going home. My wife and I are out. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I thought you made a smart you know, move. A, dudes, it was Sunday night. What the fuck in Vegas? Nope. Nope. <laughs> yep. Things went, things went sideways. S- th- things went sideways fast. Yeah. The poor guy who was managing that steakhouse, yeah, he was a, trying to kick yeah. us out. He came, he came over hour. the first, he came over the first time. I was like, Hey guys, you know, we got like, there was literally nobody in there, but us. It was like, like yeah, five okay, of us. Okay. And like 20 minutes later, he's like, you guys got to go. Like he was like, <laughs> yeah, literally throw us out. Out. <laughs> like physically throw us out. And so we start stumbling yeah. through the casino bars. We, we sit up in front of a bar and we're all just, I correct me if I'm wrong. I think some, late. I think some I think somebody bought like shots or something. And then all of a sudden, like you said, Jakey Lee shows up. Yeah, what, the fuck? what are we doing right now? Like, yeah. and, and I think uh, Jeff was the fucking soberest of everybody there. Probably. Yeah. That, right. that should fucking tell you something. <laughs> right. Right. And right. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a sloppy night. It's just another Vegas night. It doesn't matter if it's Sunday or Saturday. It's exactly. Like you just, and that's why, what was, what's the movie? The famous, you know, the movie about hangover, Vegas, the, the hangover. hangover. The hangover, you. you know, like yeah. it's just you, you had your own storyline that was the same yeah. shit. You know, there wasn't a tiger or anything, but there was some crazy shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you know what was great is before that night on Friday, your mutual friend Eddie Trunk was like, because we never met him in person, so he was like, I might be in town for a little bit, yep. and he's like, I'm gonna be coming down 
I'll, I'll stop by. Where are you guys staying? And we told him, and, and we're at the Rio, and, and he comes by, and he's like, yeah, and I'll have Brent with me. I'm like, Fitzy. He's like, no, <laughs> not that. No, the, the, the other Brent. Yeah. And then, <laughs> I, well, and then you yeah. showed up. <laughs> I think we you got double wife, shot. Right? Yeah, exactly. No, because, yeah, so Brent Woods. Yep. Brent Myself, Brent Fitz. Now we're in the same band, Brent Woods and I, together. We used to play in Vince Neil yeah. back yep. in 2001. Mm-hmm. And and at that time, the guitar tech, Brent's guitar tech, was fucking Brent Diamond. So oh we my had God. three Brents. Three Brents. That was instantly like, we will never be our first names again. I've been Fitzy, of course, my whole life. But that yeah. was exact. That was the time where it's like Fitzy, 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 Fitzy. And yep. Woods is always Woods. So when you said Brent, it's only because we've stopped calling each other by our first names around everybody. Cause yeah. And you weren't wrong. It's just that now no, no, but- Gene has asked to have the two, the two Brents in his band. So there you go. Now we got to deal with it. Yeah. Thank and God. it was, no, it was awesome. And we got to hang out that night with Eddie and Brent and, uh, and it was just the start of uh, what I like to think of is uh, another great friendship in the kiss world. And, uh, since then, uh, we've talked about getting you on, and you're like, you know, I don't do podcasts. I'm like, I know. We'll and get you on. By the, and then before the night was over in Vegas at the Gene event, you go, I'm going to do it. I'll do your part. I'll do your show. <laughs> like, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> Listen, it's worth it just to hear your guys' voices. It's something that I just, I, you guys are like the best together. I'm telling you, you guys I appreciate giving you compliments. Thank you, thank you Brett. It's great. It's the accent, because, my friend. Thank it's you. the accent. You. you just love the I've, Boston accent. And we had this it. little battle at, at the end of the night. Remember, you all, what? the Canadians who were around, and we had our other friend. What was the friends that we met there, the Winnipeg guys? Weren't they the Canadian couple that? Yeah, Joe and Audrey. Or yeah, Audra. Joe and Audra. Yeah. And they were yeah. all, you Canadians are all together. They're and from, then, they're, they're from like Vancouver area. Yeah, yes, they yeah, are yeah. British, yeah, then, British uh, Columbia, I believe. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jericho was trying to mock my Boston accent, and I'm like, "Fuck uh, you guys!" Oh, back. Yeah, that's what that's when we had drunk, angry Jericho at yeah. that time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he shows up often. Confrontational Jericho yeah. showed up that night. <laughs> oh, okay, when he called me Michael Jackson, he's like. He's like, well, what do you are? Aren't you like a, a, a musician or a no? Journalist? No, he, he he said, yeah, aren't you an entertainer? Be like, entertainer? no, 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 no. He said something about like, well, as a podcast, what would you call yourselves? I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, well, journalist. When you ask, I'm like, we're not fucking journalists. Then what are you? I'm like, entertainer. I guess I would say if yeah. that's okay, Michael call. Jackson. We're not. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> okay, Michael Jackson, fucking Prince over here. I'm like, dude. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> I can't win with you. <laughs> and it's just Dude, the rest so wait, of the night. That was, he was like that. Had you not met Chris in person before? Even though oh, no, we had. The- oh, we've oh, met yeah. him several no, times. By we've now. met him of a course, few times. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And yeah. we get different versions of him every time, and they're always it's, fucking hilarious. They're always hilarious. Yeah, yeah. they're always hilarious. <laughs> but let's but let's let's take a step back here and tell you. Yeah. You started hinting at your relationship with Bruce, and I got to say, I'm so glad that we we have you on the show so everybody can hear this. But you participated, in my opinion, two of the most underrated Bruce centric albums: the the '98 Union debut, debut, and then that BK3 album. Those two albums so great especially union and so tell us how, how you got connected with bruce and and to this day you're still you're still friends with bruce and still playing with him well yeah when i did move to la it obviously introduced me to all these los angeles connections 
Yeah. So, but I had actually worked with uh, in Winnipeg a great singer, Lanita Erickson. We played in a band together. So she had moved to LA. She was actually from Michigan. We played in a band called Shake Naked in Winnipeg. Lanita Erickson and Shake Naked. Hey now. And okay. when yeah. she ended up down, she ended up going down to LA. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe to work with, I think, Vixen. Oh, because okay. Roxy nice. Petrucci and her were from Michigan together. Anyway, her kiss connection started when she was working with producer Kurt Cuomo, who mm-hmm. had worked on a solo record with her. And I think he was working with um, Paul Stanley on some songwriting, which eventually was yeah. uh, part some of Psycho him. Circus. Yes. Okay. okay. So yeah. around that time, and, he, and he'd worked with Eddie Money for years and years as a producer. He was a songwriter, producer guy. And Kurt and Bruce had a, a relationship. Um, I'm just trying to remember how this all connected. But anyway, Lenita had worked on a record with Kurt. And so there was the Bruce connection with Kurt as well. Mm-hmm. And because I had played with Lenita, I think uh, maybe they had uh, Lenita and, and Bruce had met. I was fresh to LA, and because Lenita and I had worked together and we reconnected, she said, "I'm working on some, you know, music at Kurt's house, and I'm going to have Bruce play on it, or Paul had guested on it." So there was just like a lot of musicality stuff going on with these, you know, with my my friend from with Lenita from back home, and then meeting Bruce back and Bruce. And Lenita ended up working on some stuff and doing some acoustic shows around L.A. He was kind of helping her with some of these soul stuff she was doing. And again, this is right after Kiss. Bruce was, you know, obviously looking to do some other things. And the good thing was, while he was also working with Lenita, he had also connected with John Karabi at the same time. Because John Mm -hmm. Karabi was just not in Motley Crue at the same time. And ironically, it worked out great that Bruce and John formed a friendship and a writing relationship. That was the early version of union was john and bruce working together and i just yep. happened to be fly on the wall at the time you know new guy in town and when i came down to the studio a bunch i remember john and bruce were kind of like working on demos and they had you know i think kurt had played maybe some like drum machine you know drum stuff that wasn't live drums and i had said hey man if you guys need me to play some like piano on this or because i'm multi-instrumentalist yeah. guy you know i consider myself mm-hmm. piano first and then you know melody instruments and drums so um I just offered to like be helpful at the time. And as they got to know me, I, I said, Hey, do you want me to put some drums down? I can do that. And they were like, Oh, you play drums, you know, cool. Cause I think when I had started to play with Bruce and Lenita, I was just playing like percussion or maybe, you know, it wasn't like a, a defined what's this guy play. He's yeah, just, right. he's, you know, multi-instrumentalist. That's kind of the long answer to that is Bruce and I met in that circle with Lenita and Kurt and then, and I'll remember, like when we were working on the union stuff, um, Paul Stanley had come over a few times and worked with Kurt on some of those songs that were eventually Psycho Circus. I met Paul at the same time over at the studio, okay. and had you know just conversations, small talk conversations while while they were working on you know. So it was funny, like Bruce wasn't in Kiss, but yet him and Paul, you know, had had still been obviously everyone's still friends, but yeah. they were you know everyone was kind of working over at Kurt's house. And uh, yeah, so that was the early stages of Union was putting those demos together. And then they were like, oh, my God, you're you can play drums. So I played drums on the demos. And then we were kind of like, well, maybe we can turn this into a, you know, this recording project into a band. 
Mm-hmm. And that's when, you know, hey, we're going to get a bass player. We, we found Jamie hunting. And then, you know, the happy accident turns into, well, that's the band. Let's, let's yeah. go, you know, make this, make this real. Yeah. Awesome. And the, al- the album's fantastic. And I was so excited when recently it was, I mean, I'm like a vinyl geek. So when it was, when everything was recently released uh, on vinyl and just to get a whole group of like a whole, you know, generation or fans that maybe, you know, with that album, it, it's so underrated and so underappreciated and to see it come back into the fray, you know, almost 20 years later, I thought it was just really cool for you guys and, and for the fans. Well, and I remember too, guys, like when 96, when I first got to LA and we worked on the record, you know, late 96, most of 97 and the record came out early 98. So that yep. era of things going on in Los Angeles was Foo Fighters were still uh, an up and coming. So like, it was yep. like color in the shape. It just came out and, yep. and that record was kind of big, but a lot of, there was definitely the post grunge thing was, it was like, yes. a, you know, there was, it was a past tense almost. And and we were kind of coming out as a, a rock band, straight up rock band with, you know, trying to find a voice and a sound, you know, having a guy from Kiss and Motley Crue, you know, it was like, it was interesting how I think when I look back and I listen to the records, we weren't necessarily, um, sounding as much as Kiss and Motley Crue, but we were a little bit of the flavor of the current time. Yes. Of that mid nineties and a little bit of a later grunge, but, but not like, it wasn't so much grunge. It just, it got thrown into the category of those kind of bands. Yeah. It was that late, uh, like you said, it was that late nineties, that post grunge kind of like darker, like rock sound, you know? Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, to, I like listening to the record today. I kind of go, well, I loved how and why it got put together with Bruce and John, you know, mm-hmm. having a new opportunity to ex- express themselves together. And I, I just kind of came in as the glue, you know, and, yeah. and I, I kind of felt like uh, that was my my really my launching pad in a lot of ways because I was new guy. I came in from L.A. and, <clears throat> you know, everything was a first for me. The, the, uh, there was less to prove because I wasn't from Kiss and I wasn't from Motley Crue. And I was just really glad that these guys wanted to work with me because mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and and growing up on the the catalog of Kiss and knowing, I mean, how better of a band to start with guys that you you already know so well. I just, right. I didn't have the opportunity to play with guys from Kiss and Motley Crue until I moved to Los Angeles. I, yeah. I went and saw those bands and loved them. I just, I had to move. Yeah. I moved to LA to go to, to the land of opportunity. Mm-hmm. And then somehow so, you get connected mm-hmm. eventually with Slash and join his awesome yeah. band. Yeah, it's all connected. It's all relationships. And years later, of course, you know, probably all the, the, the seeds and the relationships from, from the early LA Union days and all the other bands I worked with. Because, you know, after Union, it turned into a, you know, I got to play, ironically, after playing John from Motley Crue, I worked with Vince Neil Vince, from yeah. Motley mm-hmm. Crue. And yeah, amazing. That's you know, awesome. there was there was stuff in between. I played, you know, with Gilby Clark early on. That's you know a member of Guns and Roses before yep. I played with Slash. That's I right. played on uh, yep. you know some recordings of Gilby's, and I toured a bunch with him. And and I played in the Bullet Boys for a hot minute. I did some great recording with. Um, uh, we recorded at Cherokee Studios with. Uh, why am I drawing a blank? We worked with Led Zeppelin. Oh God. Uh, Andy John producer. Thank you. Andy Johns. That was Mm -hmm. fantastic. Got to, you know, work in the studio with him. And then uh, after Vince, there was, uh, you know, like, it's just like, it's a long, like a chain reaction of little big opportunities to where, you know, to eventually work with Slash. It's probably whatever I did 15 years before Slash and people I knew and dots that connected that 
the day he's looking for a drummer, you know, he's actually, he's looking around getting recommendations and, and a bunch of people recommended me for him. So that's why he called me. I didn't really know Slash. In fact, I used to see Slash at the Baked Potato, which was a great hang. They used to have the Screaming co- Cocktail Hour. Teddy, okay. Teddy Andreatis from, uh, that played in Guns, <clears throat> keyboard okay. player. He would yep. have this jam night and Eric Singer and I would go down. Again, Eric Singer and I, a constant, really close friendship through all of this, yeah. uh, all these days. And That's we awesome. would go down to jam night and I would see Slash. And Slash was actually working on the second solo record um, of his with his band in LA. And that's when I first ran into Slash. But I didn't know him. You know, you yeah. just run into people in, in bars and in nightclubs and, and you know, concerts or whatever. And then, you know, years later, okay, you get a phone call from from Slash. And, and uh, you know, like the, even the Gene thing to like work with Gene eventually, you know, it's just, again, it's all those yeah. friendships and relationships you you make over the years yeah and then we and then kind of circling back again kind of get bringing like getting back into the kiss thing especially the kiss cruise when we first met you and experienced that amazing you know that whole experience how did that how did the cruise thing the bruce kulik band and then the gene simmons vegas how did all that kind of swirl together with you career-wise well i mean the good thing was always having the constant relationship with bruce yeah and even though we hadn't played together in a few years we were always you know very close i mean after the union albums and we all actually we never broke up for the record mm-hmm. that band has never broken up and it's funny how we put out these you know recently in the last year we, we re- re-released every union product on vinyl but yep. it's just a celebration of the band we never broke up we just decided hey let's put you know the stuff that wasn't on vinyl let's let's put it out yeah um but we went and, and did solo records together, Bruce's solo records. So I played on all of Bruce's solo records, yeah, which there's three Transform, of them. Audio Transfor- yeah. Transformer, BK3. BK3. Yeah. Yep. Audio BK3. Dog. Actually, BK3 has an important, um, there's, there's a few little tent poles that have to get mentioned. So around that time, that would have been about 2009. Mm-hmm. And that record was... Bruce had put together a, after it was going to be released, he put a release party together in Hollywood. The cool thing about that release party was that was the initial chance to, to rekindle with Bruce in a live band after mm-hmm. Union. So oh, cool. Bruce wanted to do songs from the new record, but we also wanted to do s- select Kiss songs from Bruce's catalog. Because, you know, Union didn't play a lot of Kiss songs for the record. We actually yeah. played Union songs, and it was mostly... You know, I think we did Power to the Music, a Motley song. And if I'm thinking back, there wasn't a lot of like, we weren't relying on the Kiss catalog or the Motley Crew catalog to, to you know, promote that band. We, it was all yeah. about the new music. Anyway, okay. so in 2009, or maybe it was early 2010. Anyway, that the release party was at the Cat Club in Hollywood. Bruce assembled a band with my help. And he yeah. said, hey, I want to put a band together to, to, um, to you know, to play that night. Well, Todd Kearns became the, the, that was the, the new introduction to Todd. But, okay. uh, Bruce had not met Todd before. I introduced Todd into the circle because Todd and I go way, way back in Canada into the, you yeah. know, our early club days. And when Todd ended up being down in Las Vegas um, and him and I reconnecting our friendship, I instantly gravitated like everything I thought, well, Todd would be great for this. Todd would be great for that. He's one of my favorite singers, blah, blah, blah. So when Bruce wanted to put a band together, I go, I got the guy to sing all the Paul Stanley stuff. He's like, who's that? Todd Kearns. 
introduce me to him, connect the mm-hmm. dots. So yep. that band was where Todd was first put in front of, you know, people of the kiss community and, right. and Bruce put a great band together that night and Gene uh, filmed it for the family jewels. It was an episode. Right. Right. You've been right. in a, because, you've been on yes. that a couple times, a couple episodes. With That's the right. Yeah. Well, yes. just also to back up too. Now, when Bruce recorded that record, there was a guest. There were several guests on his record. Uh, yes. Gene Simmons being one of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. So and Nick Simmons being one of them. Yes. Yep. So what happened was it worked out great that we thought uh, uh, let's have Nick do his song in the Bruce set, and Gene wanted to film it. So it worked out great that, you know, uh, uh, Gene actually was Gene there that night. Well, it doesn't matter, but uh, they filmed it for family jewels, Mm -hmm. um, that night. And that sort of was like the new, like Bruce and I reconnected. We played a bunch of kiss songs, you know, we played a lot of stuff from like crazy nights that night and, and, you know, stuff like that revenge. And, uh, so that sort of brought Todd, Bruce and I together. And then, ironically just within days after that while i was still in la that's when i got the phone call from slash was that same you know couple days span there so as bruce was putting out this new record i actually got the the call to play with slash so i you know started to work on you know this thing with slash where we were going to put a new band together and you know i had a lot of things juggling at the time and it just also kind of worked out that todd was perfect in the scenario with the you know, hey, we're all connected. We've all been playing together. And it just, you know, without going into detail, he was the perfect guy to, to um, have in the Slash band as well. So, of course, Todd and I joined Slash right away. Yep. And uh, but but not to to forget the fact that we played together with Bruce and, you know, Bruce was I don't know if we were going to say, hey, we were going to go tour this new record around the world. But the it was the seed was planted for later on when we were going to get a chance to play on these Kiss Cruises. So, of course, the obvious choice was to have Bruce put a band together. And, and when we did the first cruise with Bruce and Bob Kulik, yes. uh, on the, that's why Todd and I joined on the cruise that first year. Because that was the perfect, you know, four guys to play Bruce and Bob's, you know, catalogs together. And yeah. uh, and Todd, of course, Todd played bass that first cruise and yeah. uh, and crushed it and sang Gene and Paul songs on the cruise, you know, to cover that whole you know, yep. some of the, the stuff that, yep. you know, obviously Bruce wanted to play stuff that were Gene songs as well. And when we did all the Bob stuff, which was the Paul Stanley solo record stuff, that was a pretty magical experience. That first time playing with Bruce and Bob on the cruise together. That was, I think that was, a. Uh, I think the fans really appreciated that because a lot of those songs hadn't been played before. And, oh, yeah. and, um, and again, and, but a lot of fans didn't know, you know, they, they maybe knew me from union through my Bruce relationship. And I don't know a lot of maybe some people didn't know that Todd and I played with Slash because we were going right. around the cruise later that that <laughs> you know after we played that and people were like, "Hey man, Brent, good to see you again from Union. Uh, what have you been up to?" And I'm like, <laughs> oh, "I don't know. I'm playing with Slash the last you know." <laughs> I think at the time it was like the last six or seven years. They're like, "Really? Oh, he's got a solo band." <laughs> that yep. other singer was amazing. I'm like, "Well, Todd plays with me in Slash too." Oh my god, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking hilarious. Yep, yep, it's hilarious. Yep. I don't know. Did were you guys on that cruise? Did I meet you then? No, no. It was this. Okay. We went to the last two cruises. Yeah, we were on Kiss Cruise ten and eleven. The last two. Can you believe? Yeah. Like, okay, I I've been since I think. Well, I, uh, when I first played, it was the year before, which was with Brad Whitford and Derek St. Holmes in mm-hmm. Whitford St. Holmes. Yep. So I guess my total now is five or six cruises, something like that. Okay. But the the 
I mean, of course, we all know several people that have been on every one of those piss cruises, including the guys in Kiss. But like, wow, that's yep. pretty amazing that they've had all those cruises in a row. And uh, I'm just glad I've been on the last couple. But you you know how epic the cruises are. Like, if oh, you get gosh. a chance to be on the cruise, it's like the the next level Chris uh, Kiss craziness of you know it's, super it's, fans. That it's the best. That it's the best. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just enjoy a lot of the look. Th- putting set lists together that are deep cuts for first of all, for me, I mean, I selfishly as a kiss fan, I go, what would I like to hear? What would I, you know, what's a weird, strange, you know, song. And of course just opening, I remember the first time we opened with like all American man yes. with Bruce and, and Bob was like, Oh, here we go. We can't, we can't miss, yep. <laughs> we can't miss just, with this. Yep. And then, you know, over the years, the Bruce band now, including Zach throne and, you know, yep. and Todd and, and Bruce and I just, the, the whole idea is what, what can we wow factor every time? I remember that. And, and I will be selfishly taking credit for a lot of that set list comes from me with the approval of everybody, but I get a little <laughs> bit, you know, righteous with like, no, we got to open with King of the mountain, you know, like the next year. I think. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Bruce was like, man, that's a challenge. You know, I haven't played that in, in a bunch of years. I'm like, Oh, we're opening with that. That'll oh, just fucking, awesome. like the, the fans will love it. And, of course. and then the next year, actually, I have to tell you this. Okay. I, um, I knew I was going to talk with you guys today last night and I don't often go to Costco, but what the fuck? I went and got gas at Costco and I stopped <laughs> in the, in the, in, in Costco, just the weirdest thing. I'm in Costco. Yeah. And, and Exciter is playing. What the what? hell? What? I know. I was in Costco in, and I, I'm like, I'm somebody to, hi, like, somebody hijacked I'm to get my camera. I'm like, I got to record this or something. Like, no one's going to believe me that Exciter is playing in Costco right now, but it was. Wow. You know and why? I was in, and I, because I was coming on the show today. No. No, I don't. Because Vinny works the night shift and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Vinny was stalking the 50 gallon. Sorry, of- you may not be invited on his next album. You know, that's the okay. one that he's, he's recorded he's, for the last 15 years, that's not out he's, yet. He's, but... he's never coming on our show, any, yeah. so it's okay. We can pull we, fun we, out of him. We'd love him no. to, but I don't think he's going to. Um, playing, hey, playing some of those songs, though, off Lick It Up in that era are great because, again, they don't get touched on enough. And, yeah. you know, Absolutely. hey, playing Exciter, yep. there's a few more that I've I've fought for that we still have in the chamber ready to go. I mean, you know, the, the Bruce Kulick template and the and that, that whole idea, it's – it's not like it's gone away. It's just we need to find right, another right. opportunity. Do you and, have you know, do you, hey, do you, do you have do you have that kind of input with the set list when you're talking like with Gene like like the Vegas event with the Gene Simmons Vegas event that we were at in May? That set list that he pulled some deep cuts from that too. Are you interactive with that or is that all Gene when it comes? No, we're playing charisma. No, I, well, yes. I mean, because I think it has to be a bit of a group decision. Uh, first sure. and foremost, what is Gene comfortable with singing and? Yeah. And then the the fan side comes in. We're like, hey, I played with Gene previously in his solo band, and some of the songs that really went over well were the deeper cuts. Yeah, of course, and that is radioactive and charisma, two of the top, you know, probably go tos. Yep. And, and we had done "Got Love for Sale" and "Almost Human," oh. and uh, Tom would have um, a heart attack if you guys pulled "Almost Human." Oh, out. Jesus Christ, the best. <laughs> yeah. So, and again, uh, just to mention though, the Gene gig you know there wasn't like you know kiss had just come off tour yes and there wasn't like going to be a chance for 
a, a band to get together for weeks and rehearse, uh, uh, you know, a super set list. So right. the fact that when we did get together, we did put it together pretty quickly and not getting too obscure so that there would be any chance of like, oh my God, we can we get through these songs? So yeah. yes, there was... There was a little bit of like, well, let's, you know, let's try charisma and, and those songs. The ones that you got in the set were definitely, I thought, a good choices because some classic Kiss songs, but but definitely a couple, you know, great favorite Gene songs that wouldn't normally get played by Kiss. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I definitely like the, the influence because I know what I would want to see if I, you know, if I came to oh, see yeah. a, a, a different gig than, than Kiss. If Gene's doing something like, gosh, the first time I played with Gene was in 17 and i think it was in minnesota like it was like uh, um what uh, doesn't matter where the gig was but i'm just trying to remember what the set list was um but i think we ended with um uh <laughs> what's the last song on gene solo record when you wish upon a star we played that no yep. way yeah i don't wow. know if there's really first, but we actually played that and wow you know and over time, like I'm just trying to remember some of the other great songs that Gene did that we probably, um, you know, probably pushed Gene and said, hey, man, you know, let's try this. And if it went over good in soundcheck, we would play it that night. And we played some great Beatles songs, too. You know, Gene is a musicologist. He's such oh, a yeah. great musician, great singer. And if we could just, you know, kind of jam a Beatles song eight days a week, help or whatever. And he knows all those. And he mm-hmm. knows all the parts, like vocally, and he knows all the bass lines. All we'd have to do is quickly go over it, and we'd add it in the set that night, and it would be great. And he was awesome for for being open to that kind of thing. And, and the set list was ever changing in in Gene when we would do solo gigs, so it was never the never the same set set list, yeah. and always adventurous songs. Yeah, you guys came up to Massachusetts with the Gene Band, I believe, and you went to Lynn, and I'll never forget. Lynn, Massachusetts. And I said to Tom, I'm like, I know let's go gig. try to yeah. see it. Let's try to see it. And he's like, and it's like a Thursday night. Tom's got to get up at five in the morning. So I'm like, come on. He's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Can't do it. Couldn't then, do it. Over the years, so much of that footage pops up on YouTube. And every time I see it, I get pissed at myself or missing Me it. Me too. Me too. I think there's some She's So European was played or something. You guys pulled out some crazy shit. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, what did we do off Destroyer too? Um, uh, Sweet Pain. I I think we played it. We definitely jammed it. You know, preparing yep. to play it. And uh, I'm just trying to remember. Like, of course, you know, between Ryan, Jeremy, and Phil and myself, basically, Gene could have said, "Hey, side one, rock and roll over one, two, three. Like, we could play all those songs. Yeah, of know, course. Oh go. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm ready He's- to go on Asylum or Crazy. I'm ready to go. Like, yeah. come on, the Bruce, even the all those Bruce set lists, like, I'm just ready to, like, go at any time because I love all the records and I love all the songs. And, you know, whether I play them. You're not just a makeup guy. You like the 80s Kiss, too. Oh, absolutely. Like, I will very much say that Asylum was a very important record. Uh, Animalize was an important record, but Asylum, I think just I, I love the sound of Asylum. And I, yeah. I played the shit out of that record. More than, you know, after, after a lot of the makeup records I played, I don't know why Asylum just was was good for me for a long time. And then, you know, and, and, but then I got into like touring as my own bands and stuff after that. Like after 1986, I was in my own band. So I probably, you know, still bought every record and was excited to a certain degree. 
but like you know you're you're just in a different headspace gotcha. but i think when revenge came back uh, and that record really i mean like everybody oh, first God, heard yeah. unholy and all of that it was oh. great and the videos were really good at that time too really epic videos i loved a lot where do yeah. you, so obviously so. you you talked about how you're like super close with with eric singer where do you stand as a as a kiss fan or you know on you know the, the most recent albums you know monster sonic boom etc because th- those are those are pretty polarizing for some of the diehards yeah i mean i listen to them and i yeah i i guess like anybody i find a couple you know warm spots where i go oh that's a cool you know that's a that reminds me of a classic you know kiss ism that that makes me happy i yeah. just like you know um you know I, psycho circus was interesting because i, I thought that record sounded like a, a bunch of different eras from Kiss. It wasn't a '70s record. It was a yes. '70s, '80s, and '90s record to me. Yep. It just had a, like it's covered a lot of of um, ground, and mm-hmm. um, and I mean, I, I guess I'm just like everybody. Like you, you like a new record that comes out, and you listen to it a bunch, but then you kind of go, "Yeah, I'm going to go back to Love Gun." Exactly. It's true. It's not you're, you're you get. You just yeah. But I always appreciate. I, I collect everything. Yeah, I, I have all the albums. I have, oh, we all, you know. everybody, do. we all do. But yeah, I think it's, it's funny. It's funny how you. It's funny how you uh, brought up Asylum because I know for me personally, especially since we started doing the show, and I feel like I see this a lot on social media. I feel like that album seems to have gained like a like. I don't want to say a new life because people have always liked it, but I feel like as time passes, you, I see more and more people talking about that and really appreciating it, enjoying it more than maybe when it first came out or maybe even, you know, 10, 15 years ago. I feel like that's an album that has kind of just had a lot of life breathed into it. And it, I just find that interesting because it has for me. Yeah. Like some of the, the, we've like trial by fire has ended up being a couple times now in the Bruce Kulik solo sets. Yes. Uh, you know, great song. Obviously when we did King of the Mountain, I thought that was pretty epic to, to play that. Oh, incredible. Um, and what did we also do? Radar for love mm-hmm. is cool. Um, again, anything is fair game. It's just, we haven't figured out how to, you know, incorporate, cause we do a lot of medleys. That's what's a great, yes. that's, that's a Bruce thing. Bruce decided that. we should do medleys because sometimes you want to get the verse and the chorus in, but you don't have a chance to get the whole, you know, four yep. minutes of a song. And how yep. do you play 25 songs that people want to hear? Well, you got to kind of like, you got to kind of mix them, mix them up. So the, that, the medleys are great. Yeah. The medleys are, you know, you got to remember like. If you've grown up listening to the song a million times and you go, oh, we're, but we're not playing it that way. You got to like edit and just go up to the first, you, you know, as you're playing the song, you're like, did we play the second chorus already? Oh, shit. Like, <laughs> it's like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. When we put those medleys together for those Kiss crews. We really are precious about it and take it very serious. And yeah. it's a lot of, pro- like, you know, in doing Carnival of Souls in a whole set, mm. and you know, and we've played the whole Revenge album down. We yep. did that at Creatures Fest last year. Like, that's a lot of, that's a lot of work. And you know to get those songs, and it's not just like these aren't throwaway songs. Some of them are very intricate and you know arrangements, and you gotta and harmonies, yeah. and you know you gotta gotta put the effort in. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's an Ezrin album, so you got all f- sorts of shit going on with revenge that you're gonna have to you know pick up on or remember if you're Bruce because that was pretty intricate musically, at least. Thou shalt not has some really interesting music things like a bar of six. And you got to count, you know, like that's just not as common kiss stuff, but really clever stuff on that record. So, um, yeah, you can't just wing it. Oh, let's just play no. thou shalt not. No, you need to practice it. You can't just be, you know, well, you know, we can wing. tell 
from all the bands that do these songs, which one sticks out? Like, oh, uh, we're not gonna lie. We say this all the time, and like the Bruce Kulick, Todd Kearns, Brent Fitz, Zach Throne band is like the A standard of all oh, those Kiss bands. It, 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 and anytime awesome. whether you're looking at the Kiss Cruise or the Creatures Fest, that's that's like as good as it's going to get. That's the band that makes you feel like I own they're not Kiss. But this is the closest I'm going to get to hearing yep. Kiss do these songs. And it's not because it's mimicked to the exact point. It's the energy and it's the feeling. It's it, You can't explain it. But being us in the crowd, seeing you guys do it, like when you guys do Turn On The Night, it's the closest I've had to like fucking for a song that I absolutely love. And should have been a big major hit, but Kiss released it. Seeing that live with you guys performing that is fucking awesome. Yeah. Shit, you guys did Let's Put the X in Sex. Do you know how cheesy that song is? I fucking love it though. We all do. We all, I think, I, th- I think I even like it now. Yeah. I used to be like, ugh. I fucking love it. And where am I ever going to see <clears throat> Kiss perform it? Well, the closest right. thing I'm going to get is you guys doing it. Yeah. What about, uh all night? Yeah, exactly. What about- Burn, bitch, burn has been in the set. I've had it. We did that whole animalize. The whole animalize, yeah. Yeah. Again, I'll just say that that band with Bruce, Todd, Zach, and I is about respect and honoring because we respect those guys in Kiss so much. And all we're offering is to honor that catalog, that great catalog. And all we're trying to do is just, you know, if fans want to hear those songs, there's no competition. Kiss rules. But yep. we love Kiss, and Bruce, you know, has a chance to play some songs that he played in Kiss and and celebrate his era uh, uh, with a bunch of guys that are going to do justice to it. And we just we're happy to play it because I love those songs. I fucking love Turn On the Night. How about yes. who doesn't? Uh, my way. I mean, oh no, no, no! no. You, you lost me now. Yeah, my way. No, no. Yes, no, you, you can't horrendous. deny Paul Stanley's vocals okay. on oh, some of those go. songs were uh, so untouchable. And I mean, even I'm, I mean, I'm sure Paul's just going, "Oh, really? You guys are going to attempt to sing my <laughs> my way? Good luck." Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's and Todd, you know, steps up and 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 you know, again, we're just we're just giving these songs. Uh, uh, you know, a fresh coat of paint, an honorary, you know, another round of, uh, you know, because when you have an audience on the cruise like that, you're, and I don't know if the band can go around the planet and play. I'm just saying on the Kiss Cruise, you've got a, a, a specialized bunch of people that are yeah. more than happy to hear everything and anything Kiss related. So it's a baited audience. So yes, we can play it gladly on the Kiss Cruise and make a lot of people happy. I got so it's it's, it's it. cool. Oh, go ahead, Zeus. No, go ahead. I'm I'm gonna get us off track. So if you want to follow up, okay, with that go ahead. I just wanted to follow up because I because I, I I don't think anybody knew, or at least I, me and Zeus weren't aware of the close friendship that you had with Eric Singer, which kind of adds sheds a little bit of light on a cool story from I think it was the first Kiss Cruise with a Bruce band. You guys did the indoor show, which was fantastic, and we, we noticed that over to the side, Eric Singer was kind of observing the show and then eric singer actually jumped in on the drum kit for a few songs and took over and hearing now how close you are as friends in real life i think that just adds a little bit of 
extra to that story because we thought it was cool as Kiss fans, but now knowing how close you are as friends, for him to have done that, I think is kind and, of really neat. And you guys did it at the Gene event where he would jump on on a couple songs. That's right. That's right. That's right. Oh, it, go- it goes without question. I mean, we all, you know, as friends, we all compliment each other. And and yeah, I, I would be more than honored if Eric, if Eric Singer can come up and play a song that he played on, on a Kiss record, I'd rather right. go watch him play it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. As, just right. as his fan, as his friend and as a fan. Eric, you play this song. So right, right. <laughs> I'd rather see that. Um, also meant uh, a, a good little mention is after the, not the last cruise, but the cruise before. So I think that was 2021. Uh, we the arranged to do a Bruce. Yeah. So the Bruce gig in Vegas, just before New Year's. Okay. That yes. we did at VAMP. Now yeah. I say we, except I didn't get to do the gig because a yes. week before on Christmas Day, I got COVID. I remember that. And, yes. And, and Eric had to jump in. Well, if it wasn't for Eric, there would have been no gig. So we're talking like days after I get COVID and we're like, Eric, are you willing? Can you? And he's like, look, I'm happy to help and, and play on the gig. But that's, you know, that's a tall order. Like, oh, or what if Eric wasn't in town or had plans or something? But right. it just kind of worked out. And I'm sure it made a lot of people happy and, and me as well and everyone in the band because I got COVID and I couldn't I couldn't play. So Eric came in and stepped up and had, you know, a whole different you know, they had to rearrange the show to, to, to make it happen, but it was a great crowd and people were very happy. So, and I was happy too. And I was very thankful. And that's how we, you know, Hey, if, if, uh, you know, I, I filled in for Eric a few times too on the Alice Cooper gig. If people don't know yeah, that, yeah, I know yeah, it was okay, really yeah. in Alice's band, but I went out and did a whole bunch of different dates for Alice over, you know, I don't know, around 2006 or seven for a couple of years there. And Eric was transitioning back into Kiss, mm-hmm. so I went out and just did the Alice Cooper gig for him and filled in for him. So, you know, that's how we that's how we look out for each other. Yeah. So, two things I want to get to. One was, this is a, a kind of a, a running criticism that we've had uh, with regard to Eric, and I know he's your friend because I want to hear because I feel like you'll be able to explain it maybe a little bit better because we don't we didn't ask him. Um. When he plays with you guys and he jumps in, the first thing Tom and I say is, look how much fun he's having. Look how excited yep. he is. Look how animated he is. He's doing all sorts of shit. When he's on the end of the road tour, Eric looks bored out of his fucking mind. Yeah. He does. He's, it, it looks like he's in slow motion. He's just hitting. He's like, uh, that's not the Eric that, you know, when he first got on with revenge, doing all sorts of, uh, just theatrics is bass drum, just everything. He, I don't know what it is. He just seems bored out of his mind. And it's I would say that we have not you. I, I'm, so. I can't speak for Eric. I, I yeah. would say that I would, uh, Hey, I would be really um, intensely. If you're wearing makeup and there's so much going on on a kiss stage, I'm talking, you know, all that pyro and everything. I would be a little bit on edge. I don't know how you could get uh, like, I would just be like, holy fuck, what is going on here? And when you go up on (laughs) stage on a kiss cruise and just go up and jam and have fun, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a loose, comfortable environment and whatever happens, happens. But in a kiss show, that's a lot, you know, there's a lot going on. So I can't speak for Eric, but 
I'm sure that's he's a, got a lot on his mind during a show. Like that, that's actually that's a that's a good answer. And, and yeah. I love that. I, I love that we asked you that because you're so close to. But that that's a fair answer because because our our we notice it. Our listeners notice it, and and look, we we praise Eric's drum skills. I mean, I mean, you know, and he's that's amazing. why that's why the criticism's there is because right because everyone he's so knows great. how fucking what a monster he's on the drum, right. and he right. just looks bored. And that's why we're like, you know, breathe some life into this. Fucking let him let him loose. Like maybe well, change the songs, a, change the songs a little bit or something. Maybe he's fucking bored of doing the same shit. I don't know, but he looks bored. <laughs> And when I see him play with you guys and he gets up in the gene band, he's fucking the old Eric that looks like can't contain himself laughing. The jokester having fun and then just looks, you know, oh, here we are. Another show on the end of the road. And that's just my opinion. We're not going to attribute it to you. <laughs> I'm not commenting. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that at all. Okay, well, no, but that's saying, th- but that's that's fair. That's why we brought it up. That's why we brought and, it up. And, and I can say that you know, doing the Gene solo gigs when we would, and this is before COVID, those gigs, um, Gene invited a lot of fans on stage every night, which I thought was just amazing and and humbling. Like, how do you just let fifty people stand around you and while you're singing, and and you know, fans are just taking pictures. They're kind of yeah. like touching you and grabbing your bass and they're stepping on all the other guys guitar chords and they're you know coming up to the drum kit and and you know grabbing sticks and uh you know that randomness is very loose and very fun and just you know again the intensity of a kiss show is you know there's a it's i mean obviously the spectacle and it's a fun band kiss is fun man i mean it's supposed to make people happy but it's intense that's a yeah. lot going on. Those guys put, you know, a lot of effort. I mean, got to remember the day starts early. When you're in Kiss, your your day starts. I, I don't know. I don't get to wear the makeup, but you don't just like go up and you know go and play a bunch of songs like most bands. That's most bands, not Kiss. Those yeah. guys commit to being in that band early in the day, and it's an all day thing. And you gotta give those guys credit for all these fucking years. It's impressive. It's oh, yeah. impressive. If they want to take the makeup off one day soon, and we don't want to think about when that's going to happen, but it's coming soon, like, holy shit, they've done that for us for a long time. So I respect. I can't speak for those guys, but that effort's been put in. So if if there's any feeling of like, oh, there's some complacency, I'm just saying, (laughs) whatever. It's Those guys have put a lot of time in to to entertain people over all these years. That's all I got to say. The last thing I'll leave you with is, there's three drummers want to tell us a little bit about each of them. As far as you, as a fan listening to the three drummers and kiss their styles. Sure. Well, Peter, Chris, you know, early. Okay. We'll start with Peter, Chris, original drummer and all those early songs, of course, how influential they are to your, you know, your, your musical DNA. I mean, I grew up on those early records and uh, I, I've met Peter and actually the first time I met him was at creatures fest last year. Oh, cool. And, um, you know, as far as just the, the every drummer is has a, a, a very warm place for me. And I, I, you know, if you're just talking about drummer stuff, I mean, those early Kiss songs are great. So, you know, Peter played on those great Kiss songs, judging the drums. I don't I don't know. I mean, uh, you can there's always going to be debates. I mean, people talk about Ringo Starr and they talk about Charlie Watts and the simplicity in their playing. And if you think about well, the, how great all those songs are that those 
you know, put those three bands into a category. There's no arguing for me. It's just like, well, great songs got to, you know, and played cool, you know, parts and that's it. So, and, and the Eric Carr era was a different, I think, animal. I think everything was amped up. I mean, I grew up on, and Chris Jericho and I can, can talk forever about the Kiss Animalize, the live. TV. Oh, I know. He does. Oh, played God, that yeah. a, a million times. Yeah. Like a million times. And I've t- had many discussions with Bruce about it, how everything was just, you know, like everything was love gun. It was so fast. Everything was so fast. But everything around that time was fast. Yeah. So it's hard to even, you know, it was kind of like the band was in a different headspace and everything was really amped up. And and that's okay too. And I, I thought Eric Carr had a great, you know, like a, you know, hey, Creatures of the Night, some super cool stuff that you know was on that record. Just sonically, I mean, yeah. when you listen to that record, you can't, you know, it was a cool sounding record. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I did meet Eric Carr, so I've, you know, I, I I've met Peter Chris. I'm not friends with, but I and I met Eric Carr, and I was not friends with him either. But I, you know, as far as respect for a band that. Basically, I, you know, I can say that that's the band that like you have to pick one band in your life. Yeah. Kiss was always my favorite band. So and Eric Singer and I having such a great friendship and him having to, you know, hey, put on the makeup and then be, you know, stepping in. I think it's cool, man. There's blonde Eric from Revenge. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. Right. And and then there's wearing the makeup and and doing all the, you know, and. I, you know, it's super cool, man. And and I, I respect the fact that Eric has, you know, evolved in the band. Eric Singer is the longest guy in the band other than Gene Imagine and Paul. That. Am I yes, correct? Right. Yeah, that's correct. So there's yep. a there's a way to do that in the business, people, and lesson learned. You know, like I what do I want to do in the business is be a successful guy that everyone gets along with and plays well. And Eric's worked with a lot of amazing musicians. I mean, think about it. he was in, you know, Gary Moore. Black Sabbath. You guys love Badlands. Who doesn't like Badlands? Those were yep. great records. Yep. Played with Brian May from Queen. Um, you know, again, I'm just, you know, there's many more, but that's that's a pretty good, you know, like back catalog. Alice Cooper for so many years and playing on lots of records. Like Eric's been doing a lot of things right. And he's a great drummer and a great friend. And he's a great actually he's a he's a great person in KISS too, because he He's good energy for those guys. Like Eric has great ideas. He's a good, mm-hmm. like, you know, he makes good recommendations and has, you know, things about the show. Like he's, he's a smart guy. He's yeah. a very smart, smart dude. And, uh, and, uh, so, um, if you want me to, uh, just put everybody on to like who, uh, uh, like Eric, Eric Singer is always going to be my favorite guy because I have a great friendship with him and I yeah, respect sure. him as a drummer, not just sure. in Kiss. But of all the things he's done, so yeah. that there, there you go. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I, I much respect Peter Chris and Eric Carr in in Kiss. But I think Eric, as a body of work, as a drummer, even outside of Kiss, pretty pretty impressive. Indeed, indeed. So Brent Fitz, where can we find you? What's next? What's in the pipeline for you and your career moving forward? What do you got going on? Tell everybody where we can keep an eye out for you. I'm playing country. <laughs> okay <laughs> actually i'm out this summer so i'm on uh tour with jelly roll struggle jennings and caitlin curtis and i'm playing keys and guitar of course i love playing other instruments so you yep. know i have another band wow. called Tuke. yes my canadian yes. super group with todd that, yeah right. that, Tuke that, uh, I, yes. that i used to call I'm, Toke all the time i'm not the the drummer <laughs> i'm the... yeah no it's okay everybody i yeah. just say it rhymes with puke 
Yeah. Oh, there you go. We can. That's an easy one for us to remember. Yeah. Especially Look, Tuke is. Think about Bob and Doug McKenzie, the two hosers. You know, from um, the, you know, uh, Strange. Brew. Anyway, thank you, Strange Brew. Yeah. And they always talked about Tukes and drinking beer. Tuke is a hat, Canadian hat. Yeah. And we yes. Just thought it was a very Canadian thing, and we just named the band that. And uh, so, but I'm the I'm the bass player and the keyboardist in Tuke. And, and it's kind of like, almost like the Bruce Kulick band. We play a whole body of work of all Canadian classic tunes. And we have some originals that we've released recently that we're very proud of. But, you know, it kind of started as a fun band celebrating a bunch of stuff we grew up on. So that's Todd and I's other band with Corey yeah. Churko from Shania yeah. Twain and Shane Gallus, amazing drummer who played with um, well Michael Schenker and Ingve Malmsteen and the yep. Bees, which is a huge Japanese band. Um, and then... So, but lately I have been just this past summer, uh, which is in the last couple months, I've been, you know, kind of doing all kinds of different things. I still play with the Guess Who. I fill in, mm-hmm. I play oh, bass, wow. I play yep. drums, and I played keyboards in the Guess Who, which is a band from my hometown, from Winnipeg. American Woman, you know. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. They're a Canadian band. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Great Canadian band. And uh, there's probably other things. I always forget when I'm doing these pop. What have you been up to, Brent? I don't know. I'm doing stuff. But just in the last couple of weeks, I've been on tour playing keys and guitar on that tour, playing with Caitlin Curtis, who's an okay. awesome, awesome girl, uh, female singer that's that's just great. She's like, I would say, in, in pop country, you know, category, if you want to. Yeah. People who are not familiar, Kiss fans are like, what are you, what, what are you doing? Um, okay, so I've been enjoying that. And it's funny because all the guys out that I'm on tour with are all rock fans. They all love Kiss. Everybody on these tours, they all love. Everyone's a Kiss yeah. fan. It's so of course funny. everybody is. Yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So uh, nice. I've been doing that, and Tuke will be firing up later this summer or later uh, this year um, because Corey is out with Shania Twain till the end of November. So Todd and I are going to get back together with Corey and the guys and do some Tuke shows. Uh, nice in November. But awesome. uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Awesome. It's always amazing. It's funny because I saw like a video clip. I'm like, that's not Brent Fitz on the drum. What do they have? Two fucking drummers? I didn't realize you played another instrument. And then all of a sudden I check you out. I'm like, is that him on the bass? That's that yeah. wait a minute. I don't know if I like this. And then you and then I look it up and you're like, yeah, he does keyboards, he does key uh bass, he can play guitar. Holy shit. Yeah. You know what's funny is and uh, fun and funny is the idea of because Bruce Kulik lives in Las Vegas. Obviously, Todd Kearns, Zach Throne, myself, and and Eric Singer, and all of these people we've just been talking about, we all sort of are like, we're all kind of neighbors here in Vegas. Yeah. And we were like, you know, like, Eric and I have been joking. We're like, well, we got to start a side band or something. Like, we all can, but I would play, Eric could play drums, but what would I do? <laughs> I'm not going to play drums. I'll play bass or I'll play keys. You know, like, we, right. we have this ability to switch instruments. So we're just kind of like, oh, it'd be fun to just do something different and and eric can be on drums and i'll play i'll play whatever or you can be on drums and eric can be the front man he can sing hold on go to youtube Uh uh-oh go and find for charity eric bruce todd zach and i did a cover of heaven by brian adams for i can um, picture eric singing that well the David Z Foundation. I'm going to just draw. Yes, that's again. why I saw it. Yeah, that's yes, what it is. Yes, not, yes, Did you guys not enjoy that? So we yes. put a, uh, we did a little recording project together. That was all Eric. Eric yep. and Bruce were asked to do it, and Eric said we should do a different cover song. You know, something different. And and I don't want to play drums. I want to sing. 
guys, you got to hear it. Eric sang and crushed the Brian Adams tune. I mean, Eric's a great singer. He's his a great voice, singer. And his vocals, I can see he's kind of, kind of got that rasp, like a Brian Adams type of rasp. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. And uh, so we did a cover of that together. So that's basically, we'll say, you know, Bruce and Eric from Kiss with with Todd Zag. It's kind of like the Bruce Kulick band with Eric or whatever. <laughs> and, yeah. But I played drums on it. I played keyboards. Of course, Bruce played awesome guitar solo and everything on it. And the other guys, you know, Todd played bass and Zach. They all sang together. That's that's a pretty good little indication of what the, the you know the five of us can do together. So we we just did that for charity. But I was like, it was pretty good. And that was all done yeah. in one day. You can you can YouTube it if anyone's listening. It's on YouTube. It's probably yeah. under you know Eric and, and Bruce you know cover Brian Adams or something. Yep. Awesome. That's so awesome. Cool. Well, that is the great Brent Fitz. You guys love him. We love him. Brent, it's been a long time. We're so glad you finally made it here to the show. Thank you so much for this long time. We could be talking to you all night, but Brent, you're the man. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Love chatting with you guys. Thank you. Rock. Thank you. Tom, what you think? Look, we love talking to Brent. It's again, we we you know we already had a relationship with him. So unlike some guests that we have on, where we've communicated with him like electronically, we've talked to him in person before. So this kind of made it even a little bit easier, a little bit more comfortable. And Brent, he's passionate about his friends, his career, his Kiss fandom, uh, and you know talking about everything from working with Slash and Union, his relationship with Bruce and Gene, and of course talking about his friendship with Eric Singer. Uh, just incredible stuff. Ton, tons of great stuff. Uh, and it, it was so much fun. Re, uh, I, I especially enjoyed selfishly recapping our experience in Vegas with the, with the gene event. That was just a ton of fun. Yeah. It's, it's really humbling that yeah. a guy like this is now considered a friend yeah. and, uh, hearing his opinions. And, and the thing is, if you guys know us and you hear our interviews, we try not to stay away from stuff like, unless it's going to be something that, out of courtesy we can't so we hit them with the stuff that we've said on the show and you've heard it and comments that you guys have made because yep. he's such great friends with eric singer and he's a fucking incredible drummer himself yep you know what do we see when we see eric we think that perhaps uh you know he looks like he's he's lazy or he's tired or he's bored help us out he's yep. like that's further nothing further from the truth it's yep. it's it's not true and he, he went to details and help explain things to us uh you know whether i agree with him or not i love the fact that he had no problem handling the question defended his friend as well he should but you know us we're gonna ask and we're not gonna shy away but prince awesome he's he, he's blunt yep. he didn't hide anything he's uh he's great for uh kind of giving you like little breadcrumbs and you can kind of figure things out sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, more importantly too, he is a kiss fan, a fanatic kiss fan, like the rest of us. And whether it means people that you meet him on the cruise, will say what a great guy he is. Or when we met him in person, even Jeff, our buddy, Jeff trod when he met him, he's like, tell him this, that. And he's like, Oh yeah, I know Jeff fucking. It's incredible. This is a guy who's playing with Slash. This is a guy who's played in Vince Neil's band. He's the fucking guy who's playing in Gene's band. He doesn't need this shit. And he's so cool and so down to earth. And he's a fantastic musician, not just on the drums, which is I find incredible. 
But yeah, exactly. We had a ton of fun with him. We hope you guys did too. Yeah, just a, a great interview. Tons of fun. Uh, and that's the thing I like about those kinds of interviews. It's a fun interview. It's not just us interviewing somebody that we've been anxious to talk to and a celebrity, but it's, it's, it's a friend. And I think that, I think hopefully you guys could feel that coming through. Um, and we're just very, very grateful for Brent, uh, for giving us uh, that much time. It was, it was great. Yeah. And you should check him out because he is going to be going on tour. You can always go to brentfits.com. That's his website or find him on his social media and, uh, follow him. And uh, give him a, a listen. Anyway, Tom, what we do next is we go to question of the week. You got one? We do. This one comes from Facebook. This comes from Philip. And he's asking us. I hear a lot of people, including yourselves, sometimes, you know, comedically saying, you know, fake ace Tommy Thayer, <laughs> which, of course, instantly makes both of us laugh. You understand, um, though, but be, I want to say something before you even get go to ahead. the question. Go ahead. You guys understand we're mocking the people saying fake ace. Yeah, we we're love not, Tommy Thayer. We're not, yeah, we're yeah. not with them. We're right. laughing at people going, yeah, fake ace. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Which go is, ahead. which is his question is Tommy Thayer has been in the band for 20 years as the spaceman, which obviously upsets people with the makeup. Yep. But he said, he's, his question is, where do you think the cutoff is? Between people who accept him and people who call him fake ace. Do you think that there is a an age or a kiss fandom or someplace where people like, I'm over it. He's the spaceman. He's been in the band for 20 years. For those people, there is no cutoff. I agree. It's, it's a fucking cult. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we're not getting to politics. No, no, no. But. There's somebody in politics. It doesn't matter what the fuck he does. They will stay loyal to them. That's right. No matter what fucking Tommy does, how long he's been there, they're staying loyal to Ace. Fuck Tommy Thayer. Fake Ace. He's not fucking Ace. They live in a time warp. They can't understand. You can hold two concepts. You can love Ace when he was in Kiss, and you can respect Tommy now that he's in Kiss. But they can't hold those two thoughts in their head at the same time. So it's a fucking cult. Yeah, because no matter think, what happens, nothing will change. The biggest problem, and, and I'm not I'm not breaking any news here. This is obvious, but the biggest problem is the makeup and the in the, the name, the spaceman. Because Tommy Thayer has been in the band almost three times as long as Ace was. You know, twenty uh, twenty plus years he's been a member of the band, and you know, I feel I do. There's a piece of me that feels bad for the guy. Well, look, we met him in Vegas. Incredibly kind and cordial and friendly. Really nice guy, incredible guitar player. He's put in a no-win situation, and you have people like us. Look, I like him. I, I think he's a great guitar player. He's not ace, but you're right. The ace, the the term, the ace cult came up because it doesn't matter how much time passes. Tommy could be in Kiss for fifty more years. God bless him. Doesn't yeah. matter. Doesn't because matter. they always have seventy-eight ace in their head. That smoking well, guitar poster thing. from 78 that they still have hanging in their bedroom. Yes. That's a great comment. You always make that comment. Yep. They still fucking look at that. Here's the difference. I wouldn't take Tommy to replace Ace back in the 70s, but I won't take Ace to replace Tommy now. Perfectly said. Right. Perfectly said. So, yeah. Great question, great, but that's how question. we see it. Yep. Yeah. Great question. Thank you. And I'm, I'm sure I know everybody's got their opinions on that, but thank you for, for that. And. If you want to have your question read at the end of each episode, or if you would like to be part of our upcoming mailbag, which we do every fall, please send us your questions. The best place to do that is 
I'll tell you right now where you can find us, and that is our website, shoutitoutloudcast.com. You can send us messages directly from there, including a question of the week. You can check out all of our episodes, Shout It Out Loudcast, Album Review Group, Dorm Damage, Zeppelin Chronicles. There's links there for our Amazon shopping store, Amazon merch store, our Patreon store, and like I said, you can comment as well. Uh, and you can also send us uh, emails directly, shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. We get a ton of emails, and we're so grateful for all, for all of them. We read every single one of them. We apologize if we can't read them on the air, but we don't want three hours of feedback. Uh, but please, send us comments and your questions of the week there. You can also follow us on our social media, of course, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Threads, whatever the hell that thing is called, X, whatever the hell that's called. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck is going on. Uh, and, te- and, and you could tag us and stuff. Whenever you guys go to a concert, if you see something out in the wild, kiss related, tag us. Of course, our loudcasters Facebook group. That's probably the best place. We, we love that as kiss fans going there too. Uh, and of course, our wonderful Patreon family. We're so grateful for you guys. And we always like to say that we are a proud member of the Pantheon podcast network of shows. Currently the number one most listened to show on that network. Yeah, Tom, I always tell people they can DM us anytime. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, which is always growing. And it's got a lot of lively feedback there. And then also give us one of those five-star child reviews on Apple Podcasts. We read those when you give it to us. It's a great help to the show. Uh, You could give us a five-star review anywhere you can give reviews. It's always appreciated. You can email us at shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com, shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com. And then finally, we always like to tell people, go to our website. Go to him. (laughs) Go to him. Shoutoutloudcast.com, shoutoutloudcast.com. Tom mentioned it, but our merch is doing pretty well. It's our Amazon store. And our merch store, you can find the links in all our podcast episodes, but mostly on our website. And uh, our buddy Jeff Trot comes up with fantastic designs with us. We come up with these thoughts together, brainstorm stuff, and we got some great stuff out there. My favorite being Fish Alive 2. <laughs> but for some of you out there, the Ace Cult is very fitting. That's a great yes. shirt for you. Yes. And uh, as always, we'll have more designs for you coming out in the future. So check out our Amazon store and our merch store from our website. Uh, Tom, what we do next is we go and give famous last words. Do you have any? Oh, I do. Okay. I've been to Detroit. I've been to L.A. and I've seen St. Lou. I've had some good times, but I've been waiting for a girl like you. Yeah. Things are complicating. My love is in her hands. And there's no more waiting. She understands. Nice. Brett Fitz, Tom, Loudcasters, Kiss Army, thank you. Guys, thank you so much. Brent, thrilled to have you on for the first time. We really appreciate it, buddy. Thank you so much. Guys, you're the best. We love you. Zeus, as always, my friend, thank you. Peace out, Girl Scout. What's that you talk to me? 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry for you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 